RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and it is fight week in Nashville. Valor 65 goes down this weekend at the new arena at the uh, National Fairgrounds. We're excited for it. And, of course, with it being fight week, that means our main uh, course of the evening will be our picks panel. And we are going to start anew. It is a new season, if you will, the final quarter of the year. A returning champion Greg Hopkins, of course, uh, with us tonight. He'll be uh, trying to uh, retain his crown against uh, the panelists, which will be Jeff Hobbs. And replacing Mark Laws this uh, this session will be big sexy billy swanson so it'll be a lot of fun of course and uh, as always my co-host joins us uh, as well tonight justin watson uh you're going to be with us the whole uh, the whole valor hour this time of course uh justin not making the trip to nashville so he'll be uh sitting in on uh the picks panel and uh, interviews and all that stuff justin uh, you ready to rock and roll yeah man for sure i'm a little disappointed sad i'm had to miss this show but uh i'm gonna be watching every minute on flow combat for sure yeah, it's going to be a good one for sure, man. Greg, uh, out here in Nashville with me already, getting our promo on, getting ready to uh, to to rock this thing, man. Greg, it's got uh, it's got the makings of a pretty big show. Yeah, uh, actually, after looking over the card, this is uh, you know as far as the pick panel goes, uh, you know me being the you know back to back champ, I think this is going to be pretty hard. I guess for, returning champ though in uh, in uh, Billy, oh, Billy Swanson. Swanson. That's true. So it is going to be pretty hard for them <laughs> to beat me because I don't think I'm going to lose on this one either. I'm going to I might play a little off of Jeff Hobbs because he's more knowledgeable here at the. Uh, in the national ground here yeah when we get to the pigs panel here i think hobbs will have a little bit of uh, advantage as he he lives out here in uh, in smashville very familiar with these guys so uh we'll get to that here in a bit of course a little bit of housekeeping we're not going to let a Spent a lot of time on it, but uh, we are coming off of UFC Tampa, uh, which ended up being a pretty wild card. We had a lot of valor flavor on there between uh, Gerald Mearshard and Eric Anders, who put on a, a really close fight and went Anders' way. Um, I don't know, man. I thought it was a close one. I thought Gerald had a good argument there. And then Luis Pena got got really uh jobbed out and losing a, a decision as well to Matt Frivola. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but Justin, overall thoughts on uh, UFC Tampa? Uh, it's a pretty good card, man. You know, the, the two fights you talked about were super, super good, good fights. Um, you know, Frivola may have taken that third round barely, but um, I, I think that, that Pena had the first two, you know, in the bag pretty handily. Um, went to a split decision, and, you know, some of those judges, man, you just, you just never know what you're going to get. Um, it's tough, you know, tough loss for him, but, um, you know, he'll get it back, I'm sure. Um, the main event, man, that, you know, you, you were saying that you, you weren't too excited about it, but man, I was, and, and Joanna came out and performed like I was hoping she would and just beat the piss out of Michelle Waterson the whole time. You know, she I, almost, I don't, I, I guess she didn't actually break her foot, but it was, it was looking nasty after the second round, but it didn't slow her down any. Um, so it was nice seeing her return to form and, um, super, super, uh, impressed with, with Cron Gracie. Um, just the durability and the striking, really, you know, just to be able to to stay in there. He he said that he he won that fight, but um, that's a little little misguided there. You know, Cub 
Cub definitely won all three rounds, but um, it was a damn good showing for me. You know, it was a huge step up in competition. But good, good card all around. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good action, man. Uh, we we had a lot of uh, things happen that we kind of predicted. Uh, James Vick, he got viciously knocked out again, like pretty savagely, man. That guy's like that was... been on the wrong end of like too many of those, where it's just like high, like the bad end of a highlight reel. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on UFC Tampa? I didn't get to watch the card. Uh, I was out down. You're in, you're in Tampa. I was I was actually in Tampa. <laughs> And was very upset because I was at an amusement park right next to it. And like when I went up over, they like, brought me like I don't know how high up over. They turned me around and I could see Tampa and I could see everything just going on. And I was like, and then they dropped me. I was like, like so sad. But uh, yeah, I got to see the highlights and uh, Florida. Uh, as a whole is really delivered on the UFC cards because you got to see a lot of finishes this weekend and I saw all the highlights and yeah I was kind of upset that I had missed it because the amount of money I spent at that stupid music park I could have had front row tickets at that bitch and uh, would have been awesome but uh, yeah uh, overall that card was highlights I saw you know it was awesome but uh, and I, you know and I saw the peanut uh, you know with the aftermath of that when he you know he got pissed and went out of the ring which you know and rightfully so maybe uh, no nah, I, I you know but I enjoyed the highlights for the most part but um other than that, yeah, screwed Bush Gardens. <laughs> of course, that brings us to this week. Uh, before the Valor card, which goes down this Saturday night, you've got UFC Boston. Pretty nice little card, actually. I was uh, just perusing it here. That's going to go down Friday night, um, uh, this uh, this Friday night, the 18th. So uh, it, it's a rare UFC Friday night card. Usually you won't see uh, the UFC on Friday night. So I thought that was interesting uh, that we're getting a Friday night card from, uh, from the big dogs there in Boston. And uh, it's going to be a, a main event free, uh, featuring uh, Chris, uh, Chris Weidman taking on uh, Dominic Reyes. That's a light heavyweight fight. Um, we've got undefeated Dominic Reyes, 11 and 0. Uh, Weidman, 14 and 4. We've got the rematch with Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens. I have uh, coming off a controversial uh, eye poke. We've got Greg Hardy in action against Ben Sassoli. We've got uh, a former Tennessee fighter, Jonathan Pierce, taking on Joe Lozon. Um, other than that, uh, it's kind of nondescript past that. I am. Um, uh, Brendan, oh yeah, Brendan Allen's on the card. If you, if you guys remember Brendan Allen, he's actually a former Valor middleweight champion as a professional. He won that title over Sid Wheeler, and he is making his UFC proper debut against Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland on short notice. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on UFC Boston? Uh, yeah, a couple couple things to look out for. Um, Molly McCann coming back. Uh, Manny Bermudez, not a ton on the undercard though. Um, but those two I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on. Um, but a couple big fights at the top, though. Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens is is high up on my list of, of upcoming fights to to watch. Um, I, I, I personally just kind of hope Jeremy Stevens just knocks Yair Rodriguez the fuck out and makes him pay for for all the bullshit from before. Um, Macy Barber, you know, 7-0 coming in and fighting uh, Robertson. Uh, big test for you know it's undefeated and undefeated flyweight there and she, you know she's got a tough opponent ahead of her uh, jp it's a, a wild fight for jp man fighting joe Lozon. you know it's a that's a vet uh <laughs> i don't know i hope he's been training training well man joe's uh joe's a crafty crafty dude and um you know you can be beating the piss out of him and next thing you know you're asleep so uh we'll see what happens um Another Greg Hardy top of the bill. I don't not not crazy about that, um, but 
looking forward to, to Chris Weidman's uh, light heavyweight debut and, and Dominic Reyes' first loss. That'll be good. I'm excited for this one. I'm uh, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping I get to watch it as much as I want to because we'll be setting up the venue for our show. But hopefully I'll be able to, to catch a good bit of this as uh, as I can. Greg, anything on this uh, Boston card jump out to you? Uh, I've got uh, some good ones at the top there again. That Yair Rodriguez, Jeremy Stevens fight, and uh, Chris uh, Chris Weidman and Dominic Reyes, Greg Hardy. Uh, you already know what I want to talk about right now. I want to talk about the uh, the DraftKings because I know we got a you got a long show. Oh, I got you. So I was just going to go through my DraftKings lineup and get you who I liked on there. I got a uh, – let's see here who we're going to go through. I got Sean Brady. I'm not going to – and uh, he's fighting McGee. I've got Greg Hardy because I think he finishes it in the first round against his opponent. His opponent's uh, lack of uh, – his, his record's good, but it's against, uh, you know, some poor opponents. And then I got Joe Lazon against Jonathan Pierce. I'm taking oh, Heathen Stevens against Rodriguez. I got Weidman against Reyes. And let's see here. And um, last but not least, I'm going to take Darren Wynn. He's undefeated with 6-0, and and I think he may get a, an early finish here to get me some points. So there's my DK lineup, and that's what I think about the UFC this weekend. We'll uh, circle back next week and uh, do a quick recap of uh, however this thing goes down in Boston, as well as our recap of the uh, Valor 65 card. And uh, with that, that's going to that's going to do it for our, our national coverage. Sorry, so short this time. we got a lot of a lot more shit to cover tonight. Uh, let's get on with our interviews, man. we got two interviews uh, going on tonight. It's going to be two guys that are facing each other. We're going to talk to both uh, Bubba, the Bad News Cruz and his opponent, uh, Crazy Kyle Lee. Uh, so let's uh, let's get Bubba Cruz on the line first. All right, our first guest on the line tonight. He makes his long-anticipated professional debut this weekend. Valor 65 in Nashville, Tennessee. He's going to be taking on Crazy Kyle Lee. This is the bad news. Bubba Cruz on the line with us. Bubba, what's going on? I was out there doing some good training. Uh, got my little bit of wake up going on. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good. Nice. Of course, uh, you know, we're talking to you on Wednesday night. So we're about at this point about, uh, you know, 36 hours away from uh, from the, the moment of truth when you get to hit the scales. And then uh, it's all it's all fun from there, of course. Uh, Bubba, of course, you're coming off of a fight just a couple weeks ago. You wanted to f- make sure you got a fight at home on that Valor 64 card. You got yet another highlight reel knockout, man. It was something nasty to see. Uh, you got a short notice opponent that stepped up after your original opponent at pulled out a couple days or really the day before yeah, a couple man we'll call it two two days before the fight <laughs> three days maybe uh so props yeah. to him for stepping up and, and making the drive over to to give you an opponent and make sure you could fight in front of your friends and family but at the end of the day man you went in there you got the you got the job done if, if you haven't seen this make sure you get on flow combat and, and check it out on uh, valor 64 it's worth seeing it's a it's about an eight or nine second like not dead it was uh very impressive let's uh talk us let's, let's talk us through that real quick before we get on to this pro day debut uh just talk about the lead up to that uh that fight the whole circumstance with the last minute opponent change and uh in the fight itself uh i mean honestly i'm glad the guy came up because well for one like you said it was a hometown fight so i was really wanting to do that anybody that's ever done sports the best ones are the ones at home so um definitely appreciate that guy coming out there and giving me an opponent i was training hard for you know colton but at the same time you know, it's all about going in there having some fun. So I think that's what kind of gives me the edge is I don't just come in here and do this sport. Like, I actually love this sport. And no matter who steps in the cage, like, I enjoy getting in there and 
looking forward to what the outcome is going to be. Of course, uh, Justin Watson on the line with me here tonight as well. Uh, he's judged several of your fights. He won't be uh, in Nashville judging this one, but uh, he's seen several of them. Justin, what you got for uh, the bad news? What's up, Bubba? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad, man. I just want to talk to you a minute about, you know, took a couple years off. Um, you know, b- before you before you took that little sabbatical, you were you went to the UMAF tournament. Um, just going to have you talk to us a little bit about that and kind of how that experience went and uh, maybe some things you, you picked up and learned from that and, and maybe made you bigger and stronger to come back and make this pro debut. Um, yeah, so the UMAF tournament was basically the same time I had my first child. So um, I knew I was going to have to take some time off with my kid just to, you know, embrace that moment. And uh, so I went in there, I you know, it really wasn't that bad of a weight cut because I'm pretty sure everybody that fought 170 bumped up to 185. So, I mean, I felt good about it. I had my first fight, and that was kind of like in a time where I was starting to really fill out my stand-up game. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best, but I was enjoying banging heads in there. So, it was definitely a good time. I won my first one um, in a pretty good fashion, if you ask me. And then my second one, I thought I was winning the whole time. But um, definitely got fatigued, and he got a last-minute submission. I've never been put in before, so um, hats off to him. But would definitely like to get that rematch down the road. But I'm, you know, looking forward past that and hoping to see brighter things down the road. But from that point, I mean, you know, I had my two kids. I uh, got to enjoy all, every moment of that. So kind of getting back into it. Um, over time, it, it sucked watching everybody get in the ring and, you know, watching all my teammates get in there and knock some heads out. So now it's time for me to get get back in there and enjoy having the floor and doing some good uh, highlight reels for you guys. So I'm just curious, you know, you said that that loss, you, you'd kind of uh, fatigued a little bit. And so far in your last two fights, we've only seen you in there for 35 seconds total. You know, both both fights combined. So, uh, is that cardio up? I mean, are you ready to go, you know, three, five-minute rounds? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been doing some more cardio, uh, especially with this being my pro debut. I mean, this this matters. <laughs> but uh, with that one, the only thing with that was, like I said, I bumped up to 185. So, I guess you could say, like, I wasn't doing the cardio weight cut aspect of it. I mean, I was just kind of cutting my five pounds on the saunas that and uh, just going in there and kind of, you know, banging heads. Because to me, I mean, people can sit there and run, you know, miles and miles and miles. But for me, uh, as far as cardio doing MMA, that's a whole different, like, level. I feel like the only kind of – the only way you can train for that is actually getting in the gym, doing 10, 15 rounds with somebody. A um, good thing I like to do is talk the gauntlet is where you – like, if you have a fight coming up, you stay in the octagon – and they swap out, you know, fresh people the whole time, and they keep you going. To me, that's the best kind of cardio if I can get it. Um, so, like I said, I've been doing some running, but as far as the most part, I've been kind of trying to do the running and mostly get my cardio in the gym, uh, rolling with the Kobe's and stuff. So, yeah, I totally agree. You know, road work is is wonderful, but it's a totally different type of cardio when you when you got you know you're throwing a person around and um you know you got somebody coming at you full speed um awesome man well we're, we're gonna have kyle on here in a second anything you want me to you want me to tell him for you uh any bad news i can give him 
<laughs> I mean, I don't like to deliver news early, but, you know, I definitely uh, am looking forward to this fight because he's going to be my toughest opponent. Uh, opponent. Um, it's definitely going to make me look good as far as my pro debut, so definitely excited to get in the, uh, in the ring with this guy. I like to get some shit started, so I might make something up for you. How about that? All right, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, brother. Good talking to you, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Uh, Tim back here, of course. You know, uh, as as we mentioned here, you know, you got the uh, – well, actually, we didn't mention it, but <laughs> yeah, we'll just talk about it a little bit. Uh, Kyle was there at your last fight. You got to kind of size him up a little bit, got to square off with him. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, about your uh, – you know, I'm not asking you to divulge your game plan, but, you know, just tell us some things about uh, Kyle that maybe you need to watch out for. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny because whenever he walked in the octagon um, – Obviously, everybody knows he fights 185 and 205. So, in the crowd, I was kind of like hearing people go like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> he was, you know, had like three or four inches on me. You know, he was already looking lean. So, um, that's the kind of stuff that makes me look forward to it. Because they actually look forward to seeing a good, you know, nice brawl. They ain't looking to see, you know, an easy knockout out of me. So, that's one thing I get to look for that's different. Um, I was actually just talking to David about this. I don't normally have game plans. I had a game plan uh, against one of my losses with uh, Yumi Odawal. And um, about that time, like I said, I was kind of filling out my stand-up. So the whole time, he kept trying to, you know, grapple with me. And I was just like, no, I'm standing up with you. That's all I want to do. And I was wearing myself out trying to, you know, defend takedowns, trying to feel off me and just swing with him. And that was you know, one of the very first good experiences of a loss because that's one thing I learned is you can't really go in there with a game plan because everybody's different. So, you know, to me, you got to kind of go in there and feel it out and see which way it's going and hope that you have all the tools to take it wherever it's going. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, you know, you, you've tested yourself against, you know, pretty good competition as an amateur. You fought a lot of guys, you know, that are, you know, professional level opponents as an amateur. So uh, I, I'm confident that you are, uh, you know, you, you, you've tested yourself to the point where, you know, whatever you see out there as a pro is not going to blow you away, I think. Right. Yeah, I've, uh, I've left the gym and I mean, I haven't actually got too much training in since my last fight, but um Everybody's like, well, man, you're you're feeling like a whole lot better since your last fight. Like you're feeling crisp. I don't see you dying down any. Um, everything's looking a lot cleaner and quicker. So, um, yeah, I think this fight's even going to be better than my last fight. I'm excited for it, man. Well, it all goes down uh, th- this weekend. Uh, you'll be weighing in here in about 36 hours from now. Uh, before I let you go, and let you uh, give some shout-outs where they're due. Any sponsor, love, training partner, friends, family, uh, if they deserve some shout-outs, I'll let you give it to them. Yeah, uh, definitely appreciate the Killer Bees letting me come in there. Uh, honestly, uh, some good opponents in there. I mean, you know David, you know Billy, you know Joe. Those are my top guys that I go with. I feel like to get better, you got to go with the top experienced guys. A lot of them today were like, take it easy on Bubba. He's got to fight. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't go in here and get some weak work. I mean, y'all lay it on me because, <laughs> you know, I'm not going in here with some chump. So definitely appreciate them coming out there and giving me a good little camp. I uh, appreciate everybody that's kind of stood behind me and, you know, made this kind of real for me. It feels really good whenever I get out there and I have a thousand people yell for me. So, that's definitely a good experience, and uh, I definitely appreciate you guys for setting all this up. You know, I've always been cooperative with me. 
Absolutely, man. Looking forward to seeing you in action out there. Of course, if you can be there live, there's nothing uh, that beats it. If you can't be there live, you can watch it uh, at Flow Combat, catch all the action. If you still uh, if you still need tickets, there aren't many left. There's like four floor seats left, and the floor's so sold out. It's going to be crazy, but still do need tickets. You can get them at FighterTix.com. If you're coming to support Bubba, make sure you pick Bubba as your fighter so he gets the credit. Uh, thanks so much for the time, Bubba. We're going to see you here real soon. Best of luck this weekend. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right, up next, joining us, the second half of this fight, it's Crazy Kyle Lee. He's uh, making his pro debut this weekend, Valor 65, Nashville, Tennessee, at the new Fairgrounds Arena. Going to be taking on the bad news Bubba Cruz, a guy that we just talked to uh, just just before we uh, called you up. Kyle, how's it going this evening? Doing awesome. Great, man. Oh, we're doing good. We're excited for this weekend, man. It's going to be a big show. Uh, you know, it's uh, Nashville seems to be pumped up for this one, and uh, we're certainly excited for sure. It's been uh, a little over a year since uh, we've been uh, – about a year and a half since we've done a show out here. So it's it's good to be back, I must say. Excited to have you on the card now. And, of course, uh, like we just said, you're going to be taking on Bubba Cruz in your pro debut. Uh, man, uh, talk about the excitement and the buildup for this thing, man. I, I've been seeing you on social media. You've been out there putting in the work. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I really just feel like it's my time. So I'm, I'm really excited just to go in there and do what I know I can do. And, you know, I um, feel like my whole life's been kind of leading up to this moment. So I'm really blessed just to have the opportunity to like live my dream and get in there and throw down with such a, you know, another skilled fighter that it's just going to be awesome. So Justin, uh, what you got for our guy, Kyle? Hey man. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about your career leading up to this and you know five and oh coming in um what kind of got you into this yeah i was uh going off of tapology i think um so uh you know what kind of got you into the sport and uh what what are you fighting for you know what what do you what do you what are you doing this for um you know i got i when i was about four years old i was just saw bruce lee for the first time on tv and i just and um, I want to be just like him and ironically my mom got me into Taekwondo when I was like six years old and did it for a few years and got out of it and um, got back into it about eight years ago with the same instructor and he did like Muay Thai boxing and Taekwondo not only like Taekwondo anymore and um, trained with him for years and one of one of his guys was like you should fight so I started trying to fight and did pretty good at it and and I fell in love with it and kept doing it and became more successful. And it was like, it was really like I just took the people out of my life and put new people in my life to teach me new things like left and right. So it's really been like, uh, just have the right people at the right moments and come in and out of my life at really this moment. So, so I guess th- this could definitely be wrong, but according to Tell, you made your debut in uh, March of 2017. So two and a half years ago. No, no. Okay. So I when was your first debuted at Silverado's in like 2015. In MMA, but I started I started kickboxing back in two years prior to that or something. My kickbox record is three and two. Okay. And my MMA record is six and oh. But really, I I do this. Uh, I want I want to do it like better my kids' life, and maybe you know if I were to actually make it or something, fight, and I could change their life, and then you know start to change more than that. So. So that's the goal. It's not it's not just a hobby or. Or something that you know that you just do on the side for fun. I mean, it's uh, something that you're passionate about and wanting to pursue. It's definitely a career, um, a career sport for me. I'm, I'm the head kickboxing instructor at Legion Jiu Jitsu, 
and um, head MMA instructor, me and Logan, uh, Nash are, and they they want me to teach like jujitsu. They've already told me down the line, so it's definitely a career move for me. Um, yeah, I've been teaching fitness kickboxing for uh, seven years now, and um, teaching like real kickboxing for going on over a, a year at Legion Jiu-Jitsu. So I mean, it's, it's definitely a career move for me. How long have you been doing jujitsu? Uh, I started doing jujitsu like seven years ago, but it was like self-defense jujitsu with like a combative specialist that like taught me how to self-defense gun knife and like kill people and mm-hmm. jujitsu with it and doing a lot of like neck cranks. A lot of stuff that's not legal in MMA. So I have to like go, Nope, I can't do, you know what I would really do in a real fight. Cause it's just like, we're playing a game here. Honestly, like I know it's a fight, but it's a game. There's rules. Like I can't neck crank you. If I can neck crank you, I just win the fight and as soon as I get the neck crank because that's just um, self-defense jiu-jitsu, like combative jiu-jitsu versus uh, like traditional, um, you know, rule jiu-jitsu, IBJJF. I've been doing uh, gi jiu-jitsu with Legion jiu-jitsu for a year and a half now. Okay. Them. Before that, I didn't do a whole lot of gi. I did mainly like no gi and I jump around to other gyms and stuff like that. Unless I'm off, you can definitely neck crank uh, as as a pro in Tennessee. Um, I, I might I might be off, but I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that's well, that's all go. So uh, well, I, I know it's not because it's how you kill someone. So. <laughs> okay, it's like the Steven Seagal move. You can't do that in MMA. Period. Mm. <laughs> like you can twist your neck crank. You so. can. Well, you can manipulate and you can attack the neck in certain way, like the like um, the can opener, like different, like um, what is that one from the back that my coach always loves? I don't know, I'm not into it because he couldn't do it before. You know what I mean? I got you. We just got off the phone with uh, with Bubba Cruz, man, and he said he was going to kick your head off in under a minute. What do you what do you think about that? <laughs> well, I mean, I hope he I hope he's done a lot of kickboxing because that's kind of my specialty. So. I, I'd be really impressed if he did that. Right on. Well, I look forward to, to checking it out, man. Good luck. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, Kyle, of course, uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, your training uh, for this one in the buildup. Uh, t- tell us some of the people that have been uh, getting you ready for this thing. Uh, my, I mean, Gabriel, uh, our head coach from Brazil, he's been training, training me. Uh, Sean Patton, he just won Worlds as a brown belt. He's been training with me all like nonstop through this stuff and Logan Nash, he's been coaching me. They're all head coaches at different Legion Jiu Jitsu locations. We have three locations. Um, I trained with pepper on and off pepper boxing for a while over the last like year and a half. I definitely give him credit to some of my boxing skills that are going into the fight. Um, and Seth, uh, that's on the same card. I trained with him some pad work for it. And, um, He's awesome. I'm excited to watch him make his pro debut as well on the same card. And uh, Tyler Dempsey, uh, shout out to him, Body by Dempsey on Instagram. Uh, I've trained with him some for this fight. Uh, I think that's about it for my one-on-ones for this fight for the most part. 
So, uh, of course, you've uh, held multiple titles as an amateur uh, starting all over now. You know, everybody's 0-0 when they start that pro uh, career. You know, you mentioned this is something that you want to, uh, you know, push as far as you can get with it. Uh, how active are you looking to stay? You know, is, are you looking to uh, just kind of take it fight by fight and see how you feel? Or are you looking to try I mean, to get yeah, back in I there mean, and, and, you know, never, stay busy? I mean, I never want to look past the, the fighter, the fighter, the situation that I'm getting into before you know i think that but long like longevity wise you know as long as god willing if he wants me to keep going he'll let me keep going and i'll just you know cut through people or if i have to take time off because of injury or you know knock out i mean what you know stuff happens i had a fighter get knocked out this past week and can't do nothing for you know 60 days or something then so it really just depends on you know what happens i mean it is a fight anything can happen that is that is the, the truth of it Absolutely, man. Well, uh, one last question before I let you give some shout outs. Uh, you know, you, you sound pretty lucid to me. So I want to know how you got the nickname Crazy Kyle, because uh, you've been, uh, you know, like I said, you've been pretty even keeled through this whole thing. Yeah, you know, I really think it, uh, the, the key to any great like victory versus a high level fighter is staying calm. You don't want to fight with emotion and be all crazy. It's more of like a like a fitness facade. I started teaching at a fitness gym in Nashville, and I, they I took two fitness classes back to back, and they thought I was crazy. And then I started teaching there like that's the next day, and like the way I taught, they thought I was crazy because I did a bunch of spinning taekwondo kicks, like my you know Bubba says me kick my head off, but we'll see. Um, and that's it. Just kind of stuck. It started with like a C, like Crazy Kyle that way, and I was like, hey, you know that really cool if i changed it to a k yeah and then and then it kind of stuck and then uh i don't know if you know but like the dj for the prez is crazy kyle also with a k oh okay it's a local my local team too very good man uh i want to let you give some shout outs where they're due have you got any friends uh training partners sponsors uh family anybody that you want to give some shout outs to i'll let you have the mic uh, definitely, yes, sir. I'd like to first off, foremost, uh, thank God for even being able to put in as much work as I have through injury and through adversity and through ups and downs. Um, I'd like to thank Ron Moss, my first, my very first coach. The whole reason I wanted to become a coach myself. Um, Brian Moore, my second coach. Chris Beasley, my Muay Thai coach. Um, J.R. Perry, grappling coach. Chris White, Taekwondo coach. <laughs> Um, Sean Patton, grappling coach, Gabriel, grappling coach, Logan Nash, um, my one of my grappling coaches. I feel like I'm leaving somebody out here. It's always how it goes. Alex Pepper, my boxing coach. Um, just anybody that's helped me and supported me along the way. So, yeah, that's it, man. Appreciate all y'all, all the fans that come out and support and watch and like it on, you know, on social media and stuff. That's, you know, we wouldn't even be doing it if it wasn't for putting on a show for them. Hey, and let our, while we're at it, let's let our listeners know where they can follow you on social media. Yeah. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, crazy Kyle Lee, um, crazy with a K. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. I don't know all my Twitter <laughs> and all that stuff so they can just find me. It's not too hard to find me. So. 
Absolutely, man. Well, we're looking forward to seeing this pro debut. This is one of the fights I'm the most pumped up for this weekend. And that's saying something because there's a lot of fights to be excited for this weekend. We appreciate the time, oh, yeah. Kyle. Of course, uh, you know, there's uh, it, it, I've been telling everybody, if you can't be there live, you can watch this thing on uh, Flow Combat. But there's nothing like being there live. And so uh, if you want to catch it live, you can get tickets at FighterTix.com. Make sure you select Kyle Lee if, uh, if you're coming to support Kyle so he gets some credit there. And, uh, man, Kyle, we appreciate the time so much, and uh, we'll see you here in a couple short days. Oh, it's an honor to be on here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, now it's time for our main uh, portion of the program. Of course, it is fight week here in Smashville, Tennessee, and it is time for our picks panel. And uh, we're starting a new uh, a new uh, season, if you will, uh, our final quarter of the year. And uh, we're coming off of uh, a win for Greg Hopkins in our last quarter, who uh, who took home the prize. And now uh, for this final quarter, we're going to sub out Mark Laws and bring in big, sexy Billy Swanson to join us. Of course, uh, along with Jeff Hobbs uh, rejoining the panel uh, and uh, and Greg Hopkins. So that'll be our three guys competing for our cash prize at the end of the uh, at the end of the year, I guess. This, so this will cover three events uh, this weekend's Nashville show. Of course, the all pro show November 1st and then the amateur show December 13th. We'll keep up with uh, the tallies here. Justin is going to be keeping score for us and uh, we'll start running these uh, these bad boys down. If you guys are ready, I'll start off here uh, with our first fight. Of course, uh, if you haven't already heard, this fight uh, card is going to be uh, at the Nashville Fairgrounds Arena this Saturday night. Nashville, Tennessee. You can get fighter. Uh, you can get your ticks at fighterticks.com. Uh, select your favorite fighter there to give them some credit. Tickets are almost gone though on the floor, so I wouldn't wait too much longer there. And then of course uh, you can catch it live on Flow Combat. Greg Hopkins on the panel will be uh, calling that play-by-play there with uh, Vince Ferrara and Justin Fisher. So uh, make sure you check it out this weekend. It's a big card, seventeen fights, and that's even after losing a couple. This bad boy was up near twenty at one point. But uh, we'll kick things off. We- with uh, Muay Thai action, it's welterweight, so 170 pounds. It's going to be two debuts. Uh, first, it's going to be Blake Keen. He is going to be uh, making his Thai debut and representing the UFC gym in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Not a lot to to, to give you guys on this one. You know, I, I, I met him uh, through Frank uh, Thefanasiri, who we're going to see in the next fight. They came up and cornered Frank in Knoxville and uh, were excited about us coming to Nashville, wanted to get uh, on the card. So there's a pretty large contingent of UFC Murfreesboro guys on here. He's going to be taking on Dennis Cody Smith, who's also making his tie debut, but we have seen him before. He uh, he made his MMA debut back in the summer with us and got a win over the Red Rooster, Odell Anderson. Of course, he represents Keith Olsen's uh, Olsen's martial arts there in Johnson City. Uh, you know, uh, tough guy, you know, from what I recall. But he but really he was more from what I recall. He was really more uh, versed in grappling. He, he had really, really good submission skills. So uh, we'll see what uh, happens when it's all stand up here against Mr. Blake Keene. And uh, we'll start things off here with our. Our uh, returning champion, Greg Hopkins, for the pick. All righty. Uh, let's see. We got Cody Smith coming out of uh, where was he from again? He's from Olsen's. And we've already seen him fight the Red Rooster yeah, one time. He so MMA, he's but he's not done top. He's got some. Uh, he's got some lungs on him, you know. And uh, tire two minutes long, three two minute rounds, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, and Blake King, you know, he's coming from the USC gym over in Murfreesboro, where. You know, we've seen frequently guys coming out of there are pretty explosive off the rip and uh, tend to go, you know, the, the whole duration of the fight, and they go hard 
with uh, with that being said, I know Cody Smith. I'm familiar with Cody Smith, so I'm going to go with Cody Smith. All right, Greg Hopkins with Cody Smith. Let's send it on to uh, to our next panelist, which is Billy Swanson. Uh, well, one, I want to say thanks for having me back on here. Last time I was on here, I was a champ. So, Greg, I'm coming for you. <laughs> uh, no, I was. I'm. I think I'm going to go with Cody Smith because I remember uh, watching him against the Red Rooster, and that was like a hell of a fight, honestly. But it is going to be a. Uh, mix up for him because now he can't get it to the ground to get that extra exhaustion. So I'm well. I'm ready to see what he brings, like as far as just his striking. So I, but I'm gonna go with Cody Smith. All right, Billy Swanson with Cody Smith. We'll round it out with uh, Jeff Hobbs. Yes, it's good to have you back, Billy. Um, it was time to make the picks panel sexy again. So. Um, <laughs> We, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to go along with these guys here, too. Um, just the simple fact that uh, Dennis Cody Smith has been in the cage before. Uh, he's not going to have that, uh, you know, those first-time jitters getting in there. He's gone in. He's gone three minutes. Um, yeah, I think that's what's going to carry him through this fight. And just for the simple fact that we just don't know anything about Blake Keene. Uh, this may be a situation where he makes us all eat crow, and the next time he's on the card, we're all picking him. But... Uh, we just don't know yet. Uh, I can't go with the unknown. I've got to go with what we do know, and I'm I'm going to follow the guys and go uh, Dennis Cody Smith. All right, so all three guys going with uh, Cody Smith on that one. All right, so we got a clean sweep to open us up. We'll see how many of those we get. Our second bout is going to be in the flyweight division, so 125 pounds. Also going to be Muay Thai rules. And uh, we're going to see another member of that UFC gym come out that we are much more familiar with. Frank T, as he uh, is affectionately called, Frank Tafanasiri. He is 0-1 in Thai, but he's 1-1 in MMA. He came out and had a big explosive uh, debut with a finish over Ray Hewitt. Uh, but his last time out, he got beat by Jake Phillips, who, you know, that's no, no, no loss to hang your head over. Jake Phillips just fought for the title, so, you know, he's a, he's a tough guy. But, uh, you know, Frank's a guy that is, is very uh, aggressive. He's explosive he's going to come out and he's either going to you know he's going to die on his sword or he's going to knock you out so uh, i'm excited to see uh frank get to fight a little closer to home his other fights he's come out to knoxville for and uh and also of note this fight is a flyweight fight at 125 frank's other fights have been at 135 and he's always came in a good bit under like he'd come in at like 130 for 135 fights so this fight a little bit more in his uh size range i think uh ideally and he's going to take on the debuting jonathan guzman not a lot known about guzman except that he's also uh a smallish fellow. He trains with uh, Ray, uh, Raymond Diaz up in Kentucky with the new Blue Bloods uh, Muay Thai and Kickboxing Group. And uh, these are some guys up in Kentucky that have really kind of, uh, you know, made it their mission to just kind of grow kickboxing and Muay Thai uh, in that area because you don't really see a whole lot of guys coming. You, just, you know, you see like Zach Fox and those guys come down, but it isn't very prevalent in Kentucky. So that's something they're trying to turn around and they're getting out and doing as many fights as they can. But this will be young Jonathan Guzman's first fight um, I know that uh, Diaz told me that he came it came to them at 115 pounds and so they've bulked him up to 125 pounds so uh, neither guy are uh, very large and so uh, that tells me we're probably going to get a lot of uh, a lot of fast-paced action uh, you know even though with Frank being an explosive guy uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see this one go some rounds with it only being two minute rounds so uh, we'll start things off this time with Big Sexy like Hobbs's explanation of the last fight, I'm going to go with uh, Frank because he's got more like ring experience. 
uh, even though he's taken some losses, uh, you know, I mean, they said all a champion is is a loser that got back up. So I think Frank's going to come in and not have any pre-fight jitters. The other guy being his first fight, I think it's going to cause him to kind of clam up a little bit. So I'm going with Frank. All right, Big Sexy gets it started with Frankie T. And uh, let's go to Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, uh, big fan of uh, Fafana Siri. Really am a great guy. I love the fact that even just starting out, he has no qualms about, you know, driving up to Knoxville uh, every time he's offered a, a fight and drives up there. Um, but for me, he's just he's too um, on again, off again, on and off. Um, you know, you never get really the same uh, the same guy two fights in a row. So uh, the consistency for me is a little off. Um, I don't know anything about Jonathan Guzman other than how much Raymond Diaz is is marketing this guy and pushing, and um, the, the amount of uh, push that I've seen from from his crew um, has kind of sold me on Guzman. So I'm going to take a uh, step on out there and I am going to go with Jonathan Guzman on this fight. All right. Jeff Hobbs goes with Jonathan Guzman. We'll round it out with Greg Hopkins. You already know, Frankie, you let me down last time. And for that one reason and one reason alone, it's my daughter's birthday. And she asked me to let Jonathan Guzman be the pick for the night. Sorry, Frankie. Jonathan's going to win this. All right, so Billy's a lone wolf on that one. Go with Frankie Hobbs and uh, Greg going with Guzman. All right, we got our first dissenting vote here. Moving on to bout number three. And uh, now we kick off the M- MMA portion. So now we're at three three-minute rounds here. It's a welterweight bout, 170 pounds. It's going to be Anthony Rogers, uh, one and one, uh, taking on Taylor Hood, who's making his debut. Anthony Rogers uh, coming off a win his last time out. Uh, he got a win out there. I uh, want, golly, man, it, it, it fails me which show it was. I want to say it was Valor 62. Um, but he went out there and got a nice win. Um, and, uh, I want to say it was like right at the bell, like the first, like the first round, like at two fifty nine, he got a submission from his guy. Um, and, uh, so, you know, before that he had stepped up and fought tank. Yeah. He fought tank on like freaking four days notice. And, uh, you know, that didn't go well for him, obviously. So, uh, congrats to him coming off the win though. Now he's one of one, he's on the upswing, uh, fighting uh, independently out of the Cleveland area. And, uh, he's going to be taking on Taylor hood, who, uh, we don't have a whole lot of information about. This is his first fight. We do know that he is the new owner at Nashville MMA. Uh, I don't know how long he's been the owner there, but, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's the, the guy behind the, I'm not saying he's like the head coach or anything. He's just the, the business owner, if you will. So, um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, uh, you know how he gets out there and, and competes with his uh, with uh, the the guys that are representing his gym. I'm sure he's going to be pumped up and have uh, have uh, you know a good crowd there to, to cheer him on at home. And uh, you know I'm excited to see how this one goes down, man, for sure. We'll start it off uh, with Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, this is one of those stories that uh, you know intrigues you that uh, that you like hearing. Uh, Taylor Hood being, um, I don't think he's not sole owner. He is just a co-owner uh, with some with some other people. Um, but uh, this cat's story, man, he just when he found out that we were having a show, um, he was one of the very first people that reached out to us. And his whole philosophy was, um, you know, how can I get my students, the the people that sign up, the fighters that represent my gym, um, you know, this this was his way to show them 
I, you know, I'm right there with you. You know, how can I tell you to do something or how can I expect something of you if I'm not willing to go in there and get punched in the face myself? Uh, I guess he had his first uh, amateur MMA bout booked back in like 2000 or 2001 and it fell through and he never followed up after that. So he said this has just kind of been one of those bucket list items. It has always eaten at him all these years that he trained for that fight and never got to do it. And he just figured, you know, now's the time to prove something uh, uh, as a gym owner. So I will tell you guys, this guy right off the rip sold about six tables. So um, I don't see Taylor Hood uh, spending this kind of money inviting this many people and not going to go out on his shield if he's got to go out. So um, I am going with the feel-good story. And I am saying Taylor Hood takes this one. All right, Jeff. Hobbs starts us off with a uh, pick for Taylor Hood. We'll go to Greg. All right. Last time we saw Anthony Rogers in the cage fighting, we might as well have been watching him drive in the desert with no gas station in sight because that tank was empty when he won. Now, how bad that day was fighting until the end, but – he still lost. I mean, he still won. He said he still won, but his tank was it was gone. So, and uh, just based off of that, uh, I think that Taylor Hood's going to come come a little bit more prepared for that. Just 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 off of what you guys are saying, he's coming with his own team, and you know he's a mentor of some of these guys. And uh, just like Billy Swanson wasn't going to lose at Saudi, I don't think this guy's going to lose at Nashville. So I got to go with Taylor Hood. All right, Greg with Taylor Hood. We'll round it out with Billy Swanson. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to follow suit with these guys. I'm glad that Hobbs kind of gave, like, the backstory on Taylor because to hear that he's been training since 2000, like, uh, he may not have debuted, but, I mean, that's been 19 years. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I'm definitely go. All right. So, Billy also goes that way. Where are we at with that uh, score there, Jess? Was that a sweep? Yeah, another clean, clean sweep, uh, all three panelists for, for Hood there. All right, that takes us to our next bout. It is a bantamweight contest. We've got the debuting Andrew Porritt, who uh, will be representing Dunner's Martial Arts. And uh, this will be the first time we've we've had anybody from Dunner's Martial Arts, so I can't give you guys a lot of backstory there. I'm going to assume this is a traditional martial arts school, although I could completely be wrong. Uh, that's really all I got to give you about Andrew Porritt. I apologize, guys, for not, you know. But after this, we'll know what Dunner's is all about, I'm sure, you know. Um, of course, he's going to be taking on uh, 0-1 Joey Torres, representing Nashville MMA, uh, one of many Nashville MMA fighters on this card, of course. And uh, Joey Torres uh, is a an accomplished grappler. I, I want to say he's a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, I don't re- I don't think he had his MMA fight with us. I think he's grappled with us though in the past. So uh, it'll be interesting to see him uh, you know do an MMA with us for the first time. So that's about all I got for you guys on that one. I'll start things off with Greg. Uh, since this is going to be the unknown of the unknown versus the uh, the unknown for me as well. Uh, I'm just going to make this short and sweet and uh, go with the guy that's already got a learning experience on his record and go with Joey Torres. All right, so Greg starts us off with Joey Torres. Billy? Well, I don't really know anything about Dunner uh, martial arts. I'm going to say Dunner ain't going to get it done, and uh, I'm going to go with Nashville MMA on this one. All right, so Billy also goes with uh, Joey Torres. Uh, Jeff? Uh, yeah, you know, Torres lost his, uh, his MMA debut. Um, you know, I think, 
uh, if I remember correctly in that fight again, you've got, you know, an accomplished hell. We just saw it this last, you know, weekend on the UFC, you've got a world-class, you know, uh, a grappler, but MMA was a little different. Uh, and I don't know necessarily if he was ready for it when he got it. One thing to note too, uh, that MMA bout that he took was at 145, which is definitely would not, you know, be his weight class. It wasn't his weight class then, uh, but he took it at 145. This is more down at his natural weight class of 135. I think losing that bout will serve him well in this one. He knows what to expect this time, where I think last time he didn't know what to expect. You know, wasn't sure how it was going to feel to get punched in the face, you know. Um, and now he does. So I think uh, Joey Torres writes the ship, finds his way to 500 in this one, and uh, gets the win. Joey Torres, clean sweep. All right, another clean sweep there. And uh, on to our next bout. This one is lightweight, 155 pounds, another couple debuts, guys. After we get through another one or two, I'll be able to tell you a lot more about these guys. But this one is going to be Mitchell Murray representing the UFC gym in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He's making his debut against Cody Tungit, who is also uh, a debut fighter from Guardian MMA 11 in Tennessee teammate of Tyler Nyquil Edwards, who we spoke to Tyler last week and Tyler was very uh, complimentary of Cody and said that Cody was going to, you know, show everybody what's up pretty much. So uh, he was very high on him. And that's all I got guys. Uh, yes. UFC gym versus guardian in Lebanon. So, you know, it's, it's a battle of two good gyms. Anyway, we'll start out with Billy. Um, who was the, who was the guy that was Nyquil? The Cody uh, guy? Yeah. Co- Cody Tungit is the guy with Nyquil. Okay, I'm going to go with Cody Tungus. Because I've watched Michael fight. Michael's pretty rowdy. And if he's saying his, his buddy's going to come in and unleash a stone-cold can of wolf ass, then uh, I'm going with that one. All right, Billy Swanson starts us off with uh, uh, Cody Tungit. We'll go now to uh, Jeff Hobbs. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy looking at this first uh, section of the card here. If you take the tie fights out and just look at our MMA bouts, there's only three combined fights, you know, total among, uh, you know, all six of these guys here. So this really is kind of a crapshoot. Um, I'm just going to use some personal knowledge here um, that Cody Tungit has asked about having his young son in the corner. And there ain't no damn way that that dude is going to let his little boy watch him get beat, man. There's no way that's happened. Y'all can imagine, uh, hell, I don't fight, Tim, you don't fight, but if your son was sitting in your corner with your coaches, they're going to have to carry me out of there. So I'm going Cody Tungit just based on that alone. All right, Cody Tungit is the pick for Jeff Hobbs. We'll round it out with Greg Hopkins. Uh, Y'all go ahead and pull the broom out, man. Cody Tungit. All right, Greg for Cody, too. Another clean sweep. Man, these guys are sweeping everywhere on a lot of unknowns, so who knows what will happen. We may end up owing some interviews, but uh, it's hard, so hard to say with these with these debuts, you know. Next bout uh, is going to be uh, back to the kickboxing. This will be uh, Glory, K1-style rules. And we can't say too much about this one just yet because there's been a lot of debacle here in the lead-up. Uh, originally slated to be uh, Andrea Fancy Lease, uh, six and uh, let's see, six five and one out of National MMA, Sith Law Movie Thai, National Tennessee. Originally supposed to take on Abby Earwood, who ended up taking a fight uh, with a different promotion last weekend on less than a week's notice. 
and uh and, and lost that fight and then and then pulled out of this fight so we've been scrambling all week we have uh, located a replacement opponent and so we will get to see andrea in action of course this weekend not going to include that as part of the picks panel here as we get all the details ironed out but you will be able to see andrea fancy fancy lease uh in action this weekend uh no matter what uh jeff hobbs your thoughts uh on this overall situation and uh you know you, you know andrea you may get let our listeners know what they can expect out of her anyway yeah, I mean, uh, Andrea is one of Chris Beasley's, you know, just really um, uh, kickboxing-specific um, focused uh, students. Uh, she is not an MMA fighter. She's not a Muay Thai fighter. She takes um, these glory and uh, K-1 rules, uh, you know, serious. Uh, so, I mean, she doesn't – I've got hoodies that probably weigh more than her, but um, – you know, the girl is technical. She comes from a technical coach, and you're going to be able to expect some really good technique out of her. You know, the whole situation um, is pretty fucked up. It really is. Uh, and it's been a crazy week for her emotionally, um, you know, for an amateur, and definitely, you know, an amateur tie fighter or an amateur kickboxer, because they really don't get the sexy following that MMA does. You know, she went out. I think she sold some odd 35 tickets, which is really good uh, for, you know, a young lady in that discipline, you know, to, to garner some a following like that. She's got, you know, family coming in. And then to just be scrolling through Facebook a week ago uh, and happen to come across a poster of uh, her opponent fighting the Friday before her fight uh, really threw her for a loop, uh, through the rest of us you know, for a loop. And, you know, what can you say um, as a person that's helped put this fight card together and helped, uh, you know, I don't like using the word babysit, but help, you know, walk all these local fighters through the process. Yeah. You know, walk these local fighters through the whole process. Uh, You know, I've got a lot invested in, so I was pretty taken back about it and pretty pissed off about it. And, at some point, you just try to figure out who am I really pissed off at, and the more I kept thinking about it, you know, I can't even really blame the fighter. You know, this girl uh, probably at most had what two to three amateur fights under her belt. She doesn't know any better. Okay, you know, uh, that's what amateur fighters do. It's their job to try to do fucked up things and and ask to fight every weekend and, and this and that and, and think they can, you know, conquer Godzilla. But it's the coach's responsibility as the coach, the mentor, the person that's supposed to be guiding them along this path. It's his job that he should have stepped in and said, no, this is not the smart thing to do. This is not the professional thing to do. Um, we may not be professionals, but we have to act professional. We can't do this to this other promotion. Uh, And he never did that. He was just as blinded by, I don't know, they kept using the word opportunity. That He was just as blinded about this so-called opportunity that, um, you know, was in front of them to go fight in the parking lot of a strip club for an amateur Muay Thai belt. Um, And apparently it was, I don't know, (laughs) they saw golden roses at the end of this uh, journey at the pink pussy or pink poodle or whatever it was called uh, in the parking lot. And it was worth it to them. And, and what even furthermore, uh, you know, made this 
an unprecedented situation was when he was confronted by by Tim, you know, about this bout, and he apologized adamantly, you know, about it. It was no big deal because he had a backup, yeah. and he would give us this backup. He would give us this backup. So don't worry, guys. If something, God forbid, were to happen, which we don't think it will, I've got this other girl, and I'll have her do it. No, you know, no need to worry. And, you know, after we found out that she was uh, not going to take the fight, that she was uh, physically and mentally unable to turn around and fight a week later, and we immediately went to that backup. Um, I don't know this to be true, but the way it was presented back to us, it, you could almost tell that um, that I don't think the other young lady was ever told about his plan right, right. Uh, because she immediately gave she immediately gave a no. Yeah. Uh, she was coming off of an injury, so to speak, uh, uh, maybe a foot injury or something. And it was just, a, an immediate fast, hard, no hard pass from her. Um, so he gave us two no's on, on the same day. So he kind of left us high and dry. So, uh, it is what it is. You know, I know this camp is pretty upset because of the, some of the things that are being said online, but you know, here's the fact of the matter is Valor has not said anything online other than the facts. We had a fight. They took one the week before and they dropped. It's everybody else. It's the peanut gallery. It's it's Lisa's fans and family. Uh, it's people in the business that just know better than to do this. That have opinions about it. And pretty much every opinion I've read has been pretty much spot on. So uh, it is what it is. It's over with now. Um, Andrea Lee is going to get to compete, uh, and I'm excited for her. Um, you know, that her family and her friends will be able to, you know, be there. She usually has to go out to Shamrock and uh, St. Louis and things like that to compete. Um, but she gets to compete at home. Uh, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's uh, an unfortunate situation, but uh, props to her for, uh, you know, rolling with the punches, essentially, as, uh, you know, we're at, at this point, you know, everyone's hands are tied as far as, uh, you know, what can we really do? Uh, you know, we can't stop this girl from doing this. I've, I've voiced my displeasure multiple times uh, and just couldn't, uh, you know, uh, it couldn't physically, you know, force them from <laughs> from not fighting, of course, you know. So it was uh, I'm, I'm happy we've been able to fix the situation. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, Greg, your thoughts real quick. Uh, if you've got an opportunity uh, presented to you a week before uh, before a, a fight you've had booked for six weeks, uh, do you consider it? Uh, no, it's uh, there's just one word to describe all this, and that's unprofessional. And uh, that's I'll leave it at that. Big sexy, uh, your 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 thoughts weigh in on this. Uh, you're if you were uh, if you're on either side, if you're if you've got something booked for that far in advance, and uh, you get the opportunity a week before to chase a title, uh, do you uh, you know uh, do do you uh, you know mull that over in your head? Is it an immediate yes, immediate no, and uh, vice versa? You're the fighter on the other side, and you've got your opponent uh, doing something like that. You know how does that how does that make the fighter feel? Well, I guess my question really, Billy, would be. Billy, you mentor a lot of kids at your gym. Let's just say one of your younger guys comes to you with this story that, that they would like to do this. What would you be your advice? What would you say to that student? Well, to, to fight in the parking lot of a strip club, that's a hell no. Like, you know, like that's, that's unprofessional. And that, like, I could understand, like, if I had a fight booked for, you know, like NFC and then UFC calls me and they want me to fight in a week, an opportunity like that, maybe. But, like, to have it booked that far in advance, and especially to say that you you have a backup, like, it's really unprofessional on the coach. Like, so, like, the fighters should have known better as well, but still, like, you can't 
do that. You can't have a fight booked for six weeks and then take a fight in a week, and especially when you say you have a backup and then not have the backup. Like, uh, I follow Andrea, and I've, I've had the pleasure of training with him in Nashville. And, I mean, I'm really excited to see her fight, but, like, this seems to be, like, a, a history that her and, like, DJ Miller and a couple of them other, uh, you know, kickboxers who have been on the national team and all that have run into a problem with people book fought and then they'll pull a week out from the fight, and then they can't find an opponent. So they train five, six weeks, and, uh, you know, they, then they go to get the fight week, and boom, the person pulls from the fight. So, like, I know that's why DJ uh, Miller actually retired. So, I mean, like I said, it's definitely unprofessional on the coach's side. There's some people, you're right, though, that just tend to have that – shitty luck you know like Andrea's one that, that has these things happen a lot you know dj like you mentioned another one there's some people that it's just like they're cursed with it for whatever reason they just can't get opponents to just stay stable let's move on to this next one it is uh mma back to mma bantam weights we've got the debuting lucas farrow representing the ufc jim murfreesboro tennessee he'll be taking on the one and oh javante miles trowel He's representing Kame House MMA, Hazel Green, Alabama. Not a lot known about these guys either. They both look to be in really good shape. They look like they're some explosive athletic guys. Uh, Trowell is with the same team as Travis Gregoire, who we will see uh, a little bit later in the evening there. Um, but I've not seen him bite myself. I've heard uh, you know he's an athletic, explosive guy. Uh, and Farrell looks to be put together as well. But that's about all I got for you guys. It's UFC Jim Murfreesboro versus Kame House MMA in Hazel Green, Alabama. We'll start it off with uh, it'll be Greg this time. You say that Lucas is from Murfreesboro, yes. UFC Jim, and Javante is from Kame House with Travis Greg. Kame House with Travis Greg Wire, and he's fighting Chad Finnery later. Um, I gotta go with the uh, Murfreesboro boy. Lucas Farrow. Lucas Farrow. Yeah, that's what I'm going with there. All right. Greg starts us off with Lucas Farrow. We'll go to Billy Swanson. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going with Farrow as well. Um, I don't really know much about that gym in Alabama. I'd say, you know, UFC gym is going to have some pretty good quality coaches. So I'll, I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, Farrow. All right. Billy with Farrow as well. Jeff Hobbs. Um. I think it's going to be time to start mixing some stuff up now. We're getting some records down here now. We're getting some ex- we're getting some experience down here. In fact, Pharaoh is our only debut in the second portion of this card. Um, I'm going to go JMT just because I like anybody that you can just give them some initials and for this entire fight uh, build, he's just been JMT to me. So I'm going with JMT. I like it. I like it. Hobbs with a chance to gain a point there as uh, the other two go for Farrow. All right, that brings us uh, into the more uh, experienced guys now. I'm excited. We're gonna. I'm, I, can, I have more information for you. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a lightweight bout, 155 pounds. Two fighters that are both two and one. We've got Clay Malone. Coming up from Triad Martial Arts uh, down in Huntsville, Alabama. Last we saw him, he lost a decision to uh, Andrew Sturdivant at Smoky Stadium. Tall, lanky guy, grappler, uh, more of a grappling, grappling-based guy. That Triad Martial Arts gym is—they're solid, man. You know, they, Daniel O'Brien and those guys down there. They're Cody Shelton. Yeah, there's lots of good fighters out of there. So, uh, you know, it'd be uh, good to have Clay back up here, looking for his first win in the Valor Cage. He's two and one. Taking on another guy, two and one, representing Nashville MMA. 
MMA. It is going to be Clint Odom. It's the first time we've seen Clint in a Valor cage, so I'm not as familiar with him. As, But it looks to me, if Tapology isn't lying, that there will be a relatively decent uh, height advantage for Clay Malone here in height and reach. Uh, that is if uh, Tapology is not lying. Because, say, Clay Malone's about a six-foot-tall guy. According to Tapology, Clint Odom's 5'7", but I don't know that to be true. Jeff may be able to give us some more uh, information there. But two, two, two and one guys, and, uh, you know, National MMA taking on uh, – triad martial arts so two very very good teams we'll start off with billy uh i'm gonna have to go with the triad guy uh just because i do remember his last spot with us and uh he is definitely a hard-hitting dude so i'm going clay malone all right so clay malone is uh the pick for billy swanson we'll go to jeff hobbs um I do not believe that Tapology is lying. Okay. Um, <laughs> I met uh, Clint Odom in person when I delivered his tickets, and I do believe I may have been looking down at him. Um, I mean, say it was a crazy situation, though. I, I work. He is from a town called Ashland City, Tennessee, and that is where I work. And when I talked to him about getting tickets and I asked him where he was located and he told me where he was at, what road he was at. And I told him, I was like, dude, that's right down the street. Uh, I had no clue that, uh, he was from my hometown. Um, uh, does tapology who just real quick. Cause I'm, uh, you know, I want to, I want to start actually getting educated by my guesses here now. So just guessing and pulling shit out of that. Uh, what is tapology? Who were his fights with Tim? And, and, and any of his past opponents recognize well, him? Well, according to, according to Tapology, Clint Odom's only 0-1, so he must have taken his other two fights okay. on, you know, uh, shows that didn't get the results in. Had Maybe it was an older Silverado show. Maybe it was uh, one of Bernard's shows. Uh, you know how that goes. Uh, right. But it, it, it shows him only as 0-1 with his loss being a tough one, though, to Adrian Thomas on, on V3. Yeah, well, it is a tough fight. Adrian Thomas is definitely how did that one end? Uh, looks like he um, he lost by uh, round one TKO. Okay, okay. Uh, no, 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 no. I was wrong. I was wrong. That was a decision. He went to his. You lost a unanimous decision. Went to a decision. Yes. Okay, though he went to distance. This was back in two thousand fourteen. So, like, the guy's been fighting for right. nearly five years. Right. 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 Um, who's picked so far? Billy is the only one. Billy's the only one, and and uh, he went with Clay Malone. I got you. All right. Um, pa, pa, pa. I'm gonna go Odom. All right. So Jeff uh, makes uh, the pick for Clint Odom, and to break the tie will be Greg Hopkins. I'll go ahead and snap that tiebreaker right there with a Clay Malone pick because I've seen this guy fight a few times live now, and this is one of the most professional amateurs I've ever seen. This guy uh, creates a fight as an art, like 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 he sees the fight as an art. I'm sorry, like and he uh, he just as he's fighting, he sees openings, he takes them, he's crisp. He looks like he really knows what he's doing the whole time. He always looks like he's in control, even when he fought Sturdivant. Sturdivant's like one of those wiry guys. And uh, even on the ground, he was still able to control Sturdivant. Be he lost uh, ultimately, but I did see him fight in the AFC 
a few months back, and he was absolutely dominant. And the guy's growing real quick, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the pro ranks sooner, more sooner than later. So Clay Malone. Listen, don't sleep on the short guy. Greg's about five two, and he's he's two and zero. So <laughs> hey, it's five so two and know, a half. But, <laughs> uh, We got uh, two to one there for uh, for Malone. Uh, Hobbs is the uh, Lone Ranger on Odom there. All right, that brings us to our next bout. 135 pounds, Bantamweights. It is the return of Kiara West, Mr. Kiara West. Man, it's been a long time since we've seen uh, Kiara. He is 4-10, uh, coming out of Gainesville, Georgia, independent fighter. But I've been watching his in, uh, social media, and he is, he's is he been getting a lot of training in with like all the Atlanta gyms. He's kind of a gym gypsy down there, but he's getting a lot of work in uh, with some of those good, those good gyms down in Atlanta. He uh, is coming off of a five-year layoff. The last time he fought was 2014. Uh, but Kiara has been fighting since 2010. Uh, or, I'm sorry, 2011. Kiara made his amateur debut against Stephen New back, back in 2011. So he's fought some some pretty good guys. Stephen New, he's fought Lynn Cook, he's fought Chase Winder, he's fought Jonathan Pierce, he's fought Dre Miley. Uh, and his last time out, he beat Nick Baker. Hey, Maker Baker. So he actually uh, he actually has a win over uh, over Nick Baker in his last fight. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if five years of cage rust uh, is going to be hard to knock off, though, at the same time. You are a very explosive, heavy handed guy, uh, very athletic. You know, so he's a guy that's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be a handful no matter what. He's a guy that's gone rounds with very solid fighters. He'll be taking on Michael Cribb, three and one out of National MMA. And uh, Michael, we've seen fight one time. Uh, we've seen him fight one time, uh, and it was a tie fight for us. Uh, he won that fight, but he hasn't done MMA for us yet. He's uh, three and one. He's fought on, you know, NFC attitude. Coming off a loss, it looks like in his last one. Um, on attitude so man this is a fight that is intriguing to me uh this is one that i i really don't know uh which way it's going to go because i don't really know what kiara west is going to show up after this long and uh it's certainly probably going to be the most experienced guy that at crib has fought so uh this is a tough one it's a tough one to pick we'll start it off with uh jeff hobbs um i just i think it's been i just think it's been too long for west right now um you know, this game changes so fast. Um, you know, shit, techniques change. Uh, the game just changes. Um, things that people do today they weren't doing. I mean, I sat back the other day and just watched some old UFC fights, and you just look at, you know, these fighters' toolboxes and dominant fighters from five years ago, ten years ago. That shit wouldn't work today, you know. Um, so I'm going to go with Crib. I think uh, – I think he can train with all the gyms he wants, but he hasn't stepped in the cage in five years. I think uh, I think it may have passed him by, so I'm going with Crib. Right, right. there, uh, Jeff Hobbs goes with Crib. I'm going to skip uh, Greg and come right back to him because he just stepped out to get our pizza from the delivery guy, but I'm going to go to Billy Swanson for the next pick. You better tell Greg to lay off the pizza or he's going to start looking like one. No shit. Uh, well, he just walked back in. He, he just he just walked back in. He can he can be on he can be on his time on in his correct turn. Uh, we're on uh, Michael Cribb and Kiara West, correct? Well, I had to run a mile to get the pizza so I can eat it. So, uh, <laughs> Cribb. All right, uh, Cribb is the play for uh, Greg Hopkins, and we'll finish it off with Billy. Watch, you're gonna see. This is where I pull ahead right here. I'm going with. Hold on. How old is Mister Kiara West? Um, I will tell you, he 
is um uh man oh it doesn't really tell me here i'm guessing just giving you my uh expert guess here i'm guessing he's about yeah about 31 32 yeah i'm going with mr trs i think if he's popping around training with all those gyms down there in atlanta he's getting really good work because you got robert hell and them down there um like warren thomas there's a lot of big zeros down there there's a lot of big names down there so he's getting a lot of good work in. And then those losses you listed earlier, JSP, uh, Chase Winder, you know, those are not easy guys to lose to. Those are like good, skilled amateur fighters. So I, I think Mr. West is going to start working his way back to a winning record. You boys might want to start following Billy. He's a smart man. Five years to, to hone your skills is a long time. Uh, Hobbs and Greg for crib and – Billy for West. Well, I think that Billy's thinker is broken tonight. I think that Billy's going to lose. <laughs> Up next, <laughs> light heavyweights. We got a grudge match, man. This next one has got the most bad blood, probably of all the amateur fights. I'm excited for this. 205 pounds, light heavyweights. Chad the Freak Fanerty, two and three, uh, representing Jeff Powell's Martial Arts Center, PMAC, affectionately. It is called, uh, in short, Henniger, Alabama, former collegiate wrestler at Purdue, coming off a win in his last outing against Robert Davis. Uh, you guys, everybody knows Chad here. Uh, of course, he's taking on Travis Gregoire, Blackie Chan, who is three and three out of Kame House MMA, Hazel Green, Alabama. Uh, you know, he's a tall, athletic guy. Uh, last time out, we saw him. He, he lost a close decision to Harrison Aiken, who is also kind of a, a wrestlery type. Uh, so, you know, I think we've probably got a, a size and athleticism advantage to Gregoire. We've got a uh, obvious wrestling advantage to Chad Finnerty. Uh, and, you know, Gregoire and Finnerty don't like each other. Uh, Chad felt like his wrestling had been disrespected by Gregoire. Uh, Gregoire, uh, you know, has said, you know, Chad, Chad doesn't have, uh, you know, a lot of stand up and uh, striking power. And uh, so uh, he's going to eat. He says he eats wrestlers like this for breakfast. So, man, I'm excited for this one. Uh, this is one like when we first booked it. It was just kind of whatever. And now I'm like kind of stoked for it. So we'll see how it shakes out. We'll start it off. Uh, let's see here. It's going to be uh, it's going to be Greg to start. Well, um, I guess if Greg is eating wrestlers for breakfast, that boy's got a tough jaw. So uh, we know he can take a hit. And uh, I know his athleticism is going to override Chad, but I know that wrestling and Chad is going to override Gregoire. But like you said, I've never seen Chad fight with uh, with an attitude. I've never seen – I've seen Gregoire fight, and he fights mean the whole time. He's going to be looking to knock Chad out, uh, which is very capable of doing. So Chad's going to have to be dodging those haymakers for the majority of the fight. Uh, both of these guys' gas tanks are going to be uh, questionable. They're going to be uh, – what, what do you call it? Yeah, they're going to be questionable. So – uh, with that being said, I think that Chad Finnery can actually maybe wrestle fuck Greg War and get him down and uh, show him that his wrestling's a little bit more tougher than he expected. But with that being said, uh, Chad in the past has uh, has got under people that are bigger than him, and he he hasn't been able to get back to his uh, get back to his base to actually use his wrestling. So with that being said, um, this is a pick'em fight to me, and it could go both ways. But both guys, there's some heat. Uh, there's some uh, there's some beef that needs to be grilled in this one, and uh, I think that we need to have at least uh, one or two guys on the stage when they weigh in, just to be certainly you know sure. But uh, with that being said, I'm gonna have to go with um, flip of a coin here. 
I'm going to have to go with Chad Finnery. Well, I volunteer you to be one of those guys on the stage, Greg. <laughs> Greg goes with Chad Finnerty as his pick. Billy Swanson. Uh, you know, it's a it's a very big toss-up, man, because it's like Greg said, uh, you know, Chad's gotten under guys before, and then he kind of froze and broke under the pressure. So it, it's really going to come down to can Chad Finnerty take uh, Travis down and keep him down. Um, I've actually watched uh, – <laughs> Travis get knocked out by James Darmody went fifth, and there was a lot of memes made about that. But uh, that was at Saudi to like four years ago. But uh, I mean, James Darmody is a freak athlete. He just came off the couch and knocked out Del Dodds. But um, I think I'm going to go with Chad Finnerty on. Yeah, that. yeah. James James Garmony just uh, just fought Dale Dodds and won. Anyway, did we lose you, Billy? Uh, no, Can you hear me? Now I can. Hello. Yeah, you're back. Uh, yeah, I, I can I, hear you I'm now. Gonna go with Chad. Right, I, I'm going to go with Chad Finnerty. Chad Finnerty is the pick also for Billy Swanson. We'll round it off with Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I, you know, this one's tough for me just because, you know, I I don't know these these guys' backgrounds as well as you guys do. All I can go off of are the previous times that I've seen them in the cage. Um and I think Billy is spot on with his assessment of Chad. Um, I, I've heard a lot about his, his, his accomplishments as a wrestler, but the times that I've seen him in the cage, uh, I think I, I think Billy's word was perfect. Froze. That's the way. I, that's that's almost a great word to use for it. I feel like uh, he just kind of froze up in, in the bout. And then Gregoire, um, what was that last fight uh, at the Joe? where we saw him who was it he fought that fight he Jim? fought harrison he fought harrison aiken he fought harrison aiken he lost a decision he um he wasn't able to stay off his back right, right, right. yes and that was a pretty sloppy fight if i remember um they were both retired <laughs> they were that's what i mean i don't mean sloppy in a bad way i just mean exhausted sloppy uh they both had nothing left uh in that fight um, and I would have liked to have seen Gregoire push harder, but he just didn't have it. And even though Chad freezes up, I feel like I feel like he's got the tank in him, though, because he's a wrestler, you know. And that's just one thing that wrestlers are known for is is that drive, is that that go. And and maybe with this bad blood, I mean, didn't you say? I mean, they asked for this fight. This this fight makes oh, yeah. absolutely zero uh, sense yeah, both for Nashville. It makes zero sense for this city, but they both wanted this thing so damn bad, and they both dislike each other so much. Both of them were willing to drive to neither one of them's hometown, a neutral spot, and, and make it happen. So I'm hoping that uh, just whatever this anger is between the two of them is what gets Chad over that, that frozen moment. So I'm going with Chad and his gas tank uh, on this one. <coughs> um Clean sweep for uh, Finnerty. All right. That brings us on to our final amateur bout. This is a good one, guys. This is this could main event. Um, its own show, uh, amateur card. Bantamweights, 135 pounds. Caleb Austin, 5-1-1. One, one. I guess he's 5-1 with one no contest, I should say. Representing Team Wildside, Clarksville, Tennessee. Teammates with Nate the Train Landwehr and the like. Training with Mike Merriman and those guys. 
Last time out, we saw him give Amun Cosme everything he wanted uh, for uh, in the main event for that Bantamweight strap uh, in Knoxville and uh, came out on the wrong end of the scorecards. But, man, this kid was uh, impressive. This is uh, probably – one of the guys I've become a, a big, the, one of the guys that I've become a, a pretty good fan of over the over the course of the year. He's a, uh, you know, he's got a, he's got some swagger to him. He's got some good size. He's got some ability, and uh, you know, he's got a gas tank too. And he, he comes forward and fights. Taking on undefeated Jose Molina, national MMA five and zero. So we got five and one versus five and zero. Uh, and the winner of this one, I would imagine, is going to be right back at the top of the line to uh, challenge Amun Cosme for that strap. Uh, Jose Molina uh, out of national MMA again, and then of course Caleb Boston out of Team Wildside. Uh, we are going to start it off with Billy. Um, has has the five wins that Jose Molina's got been through us? Or? Yeah. yeah. Man, that's a that's a hard fight to pick right there. Uh, five and zero versus five and one with a, a decision loss to Moon. Mm. Uh, a Moon. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you become the champ, Billy. Do what? Yes, how you became the champ? You got to pick the right one here. Yeah, I know. I know. You be quiet, Greg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to go with Caleb Austin on this one, just because. I was there at that fight when uh, Amun won the belt, and that was a gauntlet that could have went either way. So uh, I just think, you know, he's going to come off that loss and look to try and, you know, get this win so he can get get back in there and maybe get that rematch. Okay, I like it. I like I, I like to see that rematch. Uh, Billy Swanson goes with uh, with Caleb Austin, and we'll go to Jeff Hobbs. Uh, yeah, man, I got to – I got to ditto the sentiments there from, from Billy. Like this is a shitty fight to have to pick a winner and a loser from. Uh, and I agree with you also, any other card, you know, this is a, this is a main event, uh, which is why it's the main event of our amateur portion of this card. Um, the thing is Jose Molina is five and zero, oh, but I've never seen him fight. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what, I don't know where these fights have happened. I, I don't know, you know, the quality of the opponent. But yet when I talk to anybody about Jose Molina, you know, the story you get back is, oh, shit, he's the real deal. You know, so, um, it, you know, it's been a quiet 5-0 and as far as in Nashville. Uh, fuck me, man. I don't know. Um, look, you could probably poll 10 people, and I would say probably – you know, half may say that Caleb Austin won that fight against Amun Cosme. Um, sure. I definitely felt it. I definitely, I think, a hundred percent of the people you poll say it was even going into the third round. Uh, you know, without yeah. a doubt, um, because he dominated the second round with his takedowns, and they were some slick ass takedowns. I'll tell you, uh, I, I guarantee you, Greg Hopkins appreciated. Um, those single legs uh, that he swept in with in that second round, they were beautiful. Um, shit, man. I I don't know. Um, Billy took Caleb. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to go... I'm going to go... I'm going to go Molina. All right, Jeff Hobbs goes the other way with Molina. We'll uh, round it out with Greg. 
I would have appreciated those single leg takedowns, but I was in the background getting ready for my pro debut with Nick Jewell that night. I did, however, get to watch him on Flow Back, uh, Flow Combat later. And uh, you want to talk about a hellacious fight with a Moon Cosme and Caleb Austin? That was uh, just for that reason at all. I've never, I've never seen Melina fight. Uh, but uh, I know that a lot of his fights have uh, came split decision, or they've all went to decision, unanimous. They've all went to decision, I think. I could be wrong, but that's what Tapology is showing. So uh, for that reason, we know he's going to have a gas tank, but we already know that Caleb has a gas tank, and it's on another level. So for that reason, we're going to go with Caleb Austin. All right, two to one with your lone pick going to Molina for Hobbs, the other two for uh, Austin on that one. That brings us to the pro portion of the card. It's about to get good now, guys. Uh, we'll lead things off. We have a catch weight bout, 130 pounds. It is going to be uh, uh, Jeremy Rogers uh, taking on Nate Lindsay. Well, Nathan Lindsay from uh, National MMA. Jeremy Rogers from Hit Lab MMA over in Memphis. Um, we've seen Jeremy a lot here as of late. He comes in looking for that first win in nine tries. Jeremy will go back in there uh, into the breach and see if he can't pick up a win this time. But I'll say this. Jeremy's a guy that's fought very, very tough competition. You know, his record isn't isn't good uh, by any means, but he's fought a lot of tough guys, man. Like, if you look at the the who's who that uh, Jeremy Rogers has fought, you're going to uh, find the likes of, uh, you know. Both the main event next month. Both guys in the main event. Oh, really? Um yeah, yeah, that's true. He has fought them both. He's fought both guys in our title fight uh, in November for November first. Uh, you know, uh, he's he's fought James Adcock, Cody Durden, Dre Miley, uh, Brian Hall two times. Uh, you know, so he's fought a lot of really solid guys, and so uh, you know, is he's looking for that first win. You know, he's hungry for it. Nathan Lindsay's got other plans though. Nathan Lindsay, representing Nashville MMA, comes in with a record of one and two as a professional. Last time out, uh, Nathan is coming off of a uh, loss, decision loss to uh, Jesse Parker back in July, and uh, then before that, a loss to Corbin Howard. So it's two losses in a row after a win over Dre Miley, who's fighting for the title here. Um, next month you know in just a couple weeks so uh those paths have uh, definitely gone opposite directions since the first time they fought uh nathan a very solid submission artist you know very good jujitsu very sneaky and uh you know technical fighter uh fighting at home you know he's going to be bringing it and want to put on a show in front of his hometown fans so uh definitely one that uh we should keep an eye on there uh for certain so we'll start things off uh for the picks on this one with jeff hobbs uh, yeah, I mean, we all know Jer- Jeremy is, Jeremy is the journeyman, uh, if you will. He is the Brooklyn brawler, uh, the, of the MMA world. Um, but uh, here's my only thing. I, I know, uh, Nate Lindsay, known him for a long time. Um, he's very cerebral in his fights, but he, you know, he fights in a way that, he feels like he's got all the time in the world. You know, if, if he were in some five round fights, I think his record would be different. Um, because he, he's just got that slow methodical uh, way of fighting, uh, because there's no doubt he's looking to play chess and set something up. Um, but I think Jeremy is going to make it a little easier for him. I think Jeremy's going to get himself in positions that he may not realize, uh, that he's even in, and uh, because of that, I'm going to say the neck hunter, Nate Lindsay, will find his neck and he will uh, take it with him. All right. Jeff Hobbs leads us off with Nathan Lindsay. We'll go to Greg. 
Uh, just a funny little backstory. I met Nathan Lindsay at Thought Factory way back when in the early, well, maybe the later 2000, like 2007, 2008. And, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't a huge guy or nothing by no means, but uh, Nathan Lindsay was a lot smaller guy. And like you said, he's methodical with his plan and, and, and what he wants to do with uh, with a fight. And uh, that's what he did with me when I was training with him. And I thought that he was a lot younger than he was so we was actually sparring and um, i saw so many openings to be able to hit him because he was so methodical and like you know trying to you know work submissions and he wasn't hitting me he was on the bottom and and uh, i was holding back and he looked at me because i thought he was so young and he just looked at me and said yo man i'm 19 years old you can knock the shit out of me and i was like oh well hell yeah so i just started laying into him and uh, sure enough he ate them all like biscuits and just uh, he kept coming up so uh, at 125 pounds dude he was a mo- actually i think back then he might have been 115 or, or smaller and he was just a little a little brute like and and, and, uh for that reason uh we go way back man so i'm gonna have to go with nathan Lindsay there nate Lindsay, the pig for greg and we'll go to billy swanson uh yeah i think i'm gonna go with nate Lindsay as well um just because the one two you know he's been able to find his way to a win already so you know he kind of knows what he's got to do to get it out and if uh i'd say if his jujitsu is a smooth as y'all say it is, then uh, I, I think we'll definitely see him get a sub. Another queen, clean sweep. 7 out of 12 so far. All three panelists picking the same guy. I'm really surprised. I'm surprised with that many sweeps. Surely it'll change up here. Moving on to the next one. It is a catchweight bout. 150 pounds. And uh, it's going to be two more pro debuts. We have the debuting Zach Ort. Uh, representing Club Workout in Paducah, Kentucky, trains with Yona Israel, uh, as well as um, several other guys up there in the Kentucky area. He comes in with an eight and three amateur record. Hasn't fought with us before, so I don't really know what to expect. He looks like he's put together. Looks like he's um, knocked off some pretty good guys as an amateur. He's fought a lot for Hard Rock and uh, Yona's promotion up there. So um, he's been a great, great pleasure to work with. He's in. He's been on top of everything and been very professional. Uh, he'll be taking on another debut in Seth Sergo. And it's rare that you have two guys making their pro debut on a Valor card that we've never seen on a Valor card. So, and that's what we've got here. Seth Sergo, 4-1, uh, and one, I believe, was his amateur record. 5-1, and one, making his pro debut, uh, representing the training camp in Nashville, Tennessee. It's uh, Michael Chandler's gym down there. And uh, all reports is that Sergo's beast. He looks like he is really put together. If you go to his Instagram, you're going to see, you know, his workout videos. And, I mean, he's just a specimen. Uh, looks like he's got a wrestling background. We talked to him on the podcast a couple weeks back, and he said that would be the one place that he didn't think Ork could match him was going to be his wrestling. So, you know, uh, two very decorated amateurs making their pro debut against each other. Uh, be interested to see how it all shakes out. We'll start off our picks this time with, uh, I guess it's Greg. <clears throat> um. Since Sergio uh, is amazing in everybody else's eyes right now, and the fact that he said his wrestling wouldn't be matched, I'm going to be biased and go with the wrestler here and Sergio. Seth Sergio is the play for Greg Hopkins. We'll move on now to Billy. Uh, what was Ort's amateur record again? Eight and three. Eight and three. Hmm. How did his last two fights went. Did he win them or lose them? I'll tell you right now. Give me just a moment here. I uh, Let's see here. <clears throat> I know that he won his last one. I can tell you that much. Let me tell you the one before that. Looks like uh, he's ranked 166 in the Southeast by Tapology. So that's not bad. He's 8-3 and three amateur. He's won his last two. 
His last win was a win over Alvin Miller, who's actually pretty good. Alvin Miller's uh, from the Nashville area, really athletic guy. He's represented the UMAF team on in Worlds multiple times. He armbarred him in the first round, and before that, he knocked out a guy named Craig Archie uh, in the third round. And um, beyond that, looks like he has uh, quality wins over. Uh, Bruce Duckett, some guys like that. His one of his losses is to uh, to Bryce Mitchell, so there's no shame there. He has a win over Michael Bolton as well. I don't know if it's the Michael Bolton, but a Michael Bolton. Uh, but again, eight and three, and one of those losses being Bryce Mitchell, which he's going to beat pretty much everybody around here. Yeah. Let's start it off. Uh, yeah, just, oh no, we're all, we're in the middle of it already. Sorry, it's it's Billy. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Zach Ort. I think this is where I'm going to start pulling ahead right here. Um, no, no uh, harm towards Seth because I'm sure coming out of Michael Chandler's gym that uh, he's going to be well put together, but Michael Chandler's not there all the time. Michael Chandler's down in Florida training with Henry Hoost, so it's not like he's getting every every waking hour working with Michael. So, uh, I think Zach Ork coming off those wins and, uh, you know, striking, if he can defend the takedown, he might be able to find his way to another knockout. But as well, it sounds like his jiu is good if he's ever catch people in arm bars and stuff, so Go with Zach Orton. All right, Bill Swanson with the pick for Zach Orton. That's uh, going to bring it uh, last to Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of like you. I've kind of been a, a stalker of Seth Sergo. Just um, uh, very uh, doesn't talk a lot, doesn't communicate very well. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying he just he doesn't communicate very often. I should say he's very. Um, very focused on what he's doing. Uh, you know, I, I definitely don't mean that in a negative way. He's just, uh, he's not about the small talk. You know, he just knew he had a fight coming and he's training his ass off for it. Uh, been impressed with his, his, his workout regimen and his training uh, that he's doing. And, and though Michael Chandler is not there, uh, the one thing that the training camp does have, though, is kind of a world-class facility that uh, a lot of other fighters at other gyms aren't getting uh, as far as just the equipment, uh, the availability um, uh, of things. So I am going to go with the probably more sound technical uh, training camp, and I'm going Seth Sergo. All right, so that's two to one for Seth Sergo, Billy being the lone uh, Ort favorite there. Moving on, uh, two of the guys that we talked to earlier this evening in our uh, interview segment. It's going to be Welterweights, two pro debuts. The bad news, Bubba Cruz makes his uh, pro debut after an 8-2 and two amateur record coming off a huge knockout win. A Saudi Daisy uh, last, uh, oh shit, I guess about two weeks ago. Uh, he, he's uh, he's made his comeback after a couple years away with two big uh, first-round knockouts, and now he'll make a, a jump up here to face Crazy Kyle Lee, who is also making his pro debut out of Legion MMA, uh, Legion Jiu-Jitsu there in Nashville, Tennessee. He's done some cross-training as well, it sounds like, with uh, with training camp in Sergo and some of the guys at Nashville MMA uh, on the weekends as well. So uh, he's not fought for us, so I, I don't uh, have a whole lot of firsthand uh, knowledge of what Kyle's going to bring to the table, but I know that he's got solid grappling. I believe he's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, he's 5-0, and or actually, I'm sorry, he's only 5-0 and in topology, but he claims 6-0 and in reality, um, and he's got um, a couple titles for Jonathan Ivey's 
cage fighting uh, championships. All of his fights have been with Jonathan Ivey's show. So this will be his first time stepping off that show. And oddly enough, in Tapology land, this is the number two versus the number three ranked amateurs in Tennessee. So, man, I'm excited for this one. This is going to be uh, a really hard one to call, I think. Uh, we'll start it off with uh, – it'll be Billy. Keep in mind, he got them neck crank skills. That's right. Well, I'm going to definitely have to go with Bubba Bad News Cruz. Um, he's been coming in, getting training in with us. Uh, he moves really well. I, I actually, uh, he was in the gym tonight moving around, sparring Stan loose for the fight. He's moving real light. He's light on his feet. I don't really know much about Kyle Lee. I know he beat Lee Polk. Um, and like a Muay Thai fight, or it might have been an MMA. I I don't know, but uh, I think Bubba is has very sound wrestling, and he trains jiu-jitsu all the time. So like, uh, I mean, to just be a blue belt, I don't think he's going to be able to defend the takedown. But Bubba's also very explosive, and he hits really hard. So I mean, if Bubba lands, there's a chance that Kyle goes to sleep. So I'm going Bubba Bad News Cruz. All right, Billy Swanson takes Bubba Bad News Cruise. We'll go up next to Hobbs. Yeah, this is a uh, Cal Lee is one of those fighters for me. Like, you know, Nashville is such a big city, um, and it, and it's got so much. I don't even think even fighters outside of Nashville realize how segregated just little part, just the outside uh, cities and outskirts around Nashville have to where. You can literally have somebody six and zero, and have never, you know, you just don't know him. You've never seen him fight because he trains and fights in a certain area around the city that you just don't go to. And uh, you know, no disrespect to the Jonathan Ivy show, I've just never been to it because they're usually out in Murfreesboro, which is a good, good little trip for me just to go out there and see those fights. Uh, so I know nothing about Crazy Cal Lee. And uh, and his history, you know, his his pedigree or his resume. Um, all I know is the Kyle Lee that I've met up with over tickets and and talked to, and has been, you know, very professional, pleasant. Um, I've met with him on Sundays, and he comes into the gym straight in his suit from church. Uh, you know, much respect uh, for the guys who go to church. I'm just not one of them, but uh, you know, he seems to have his shit together and his priority straight. And uh, uh, but I know nothing about him uh, fight wise. What I do know, though, is Bubba Cruz, um, because I've watched Bubba Cruz knock the shit out of people. Um, I just watched them. I don't know. They're still probably trying to find dude's head in Saudi Daisy where it, uh, it, it flew off his body uh, from that head kick. Um, so this is one of those where, again, you got to go with what you know. And I don't know anything about Kylie yet. Maybe he's going to change my mind. But what I do know is that bad news Bubba Cruz is a bad dude. And uh, and there's going to be some leather thrown. I know that for damn sure, though. Um, but I, I've got to go with Bubba Cruz as well. All right, Jeff Hobbs goes with Bubba Cruz. We'll round it out with Greg. Man, Bubba Cruz, man, man, him grew up in the same county. He went he went to, the, to my rival school over at Lake Fort Oathorpe, man, and that guy had like some odd something the Chattanooga Times Free Press, most takedowns, most fastest pins, most this, most that in high school. And that was high school, man. And he was a monster back then, and he's just evolved from then. Uh, I got to go with Bad News Bubba Cruz on his pro debut. He's going to get that W. Everybody going with the bad news on that one. All right. That brings us to our feature bout. And uh, 
It's going to be in the Bantamweight division. It's going to be David Lightning Lewis taking on Tyler Nichol Edwards. Both these guys looking for their first pro win. Uh, Lewis uh, 0-3, Edwards 0-1. Both guys have taken on tough competition, though. You know, Lewis has fought some really tough guys. Edwards fought Chris Oak on his pro debut. So uh, no shame there. Both highly decorated amateurs, amateur champions. Um, Edwards has got the knockout of the year from two years ago with a big knockout over Chase Winder in Cookville. Uh, very heavy-handed guy fighting out of Guardian MMA, Guardian uh, in Lebanon. And uh, he's got his teammate on the card, Cody Tungit. We spoke to Tyler last week. Very confident, as always. He's a rowdy guy, as Billy said. And, uh, you know, he's going to come and, and throw some heavy leather. But he's not unskilled on the ground either. I think he's purple belt. Uh, looking at David Lewis, this is your prototypical striker versus grappler match. So Lewis, very uh, decorated wrestler, very good jujitsu. Um, you know, he's got some some big wins, man. He submitted Jonathan Pierce as an amateur. So uh, can't sleep on this guy. He's one of these guys that you just don't know who's going to show up. You know, I've seen David show up, not at his best, and uh, and has lost to guys he shouldn't lose to. I've seen David show up uh, when he's dialed in and beat guys that nobody thought he had a chance to beat. So uh, I'm really excited for this fight and just to see which version of these guys show up and get that first pro win. Uh, we are going to start it off with, uh, I guess it be Jeff. Yeah, um, I think you hit the nail on the head, kind of like when we talked earlier about, you know, Frankie T. It's just like you just don't know which one is showing up uh, at, at times. And it sounds like David Lewis can be just a lights-on, lights-off kind of guy, uh, depending on which one, you know, decided to show up that night. But the thing is, Tyler Edwards kind of falls – well, I wouldn't say he falls in that same story because I think every Tyler Edwards shows up the same – but uh, I remember in his amateur career, like you said, a couple of years ago when he comes up with knockout of the year, and then I catch him in an amateur fight, and I think he was on the receiving end of what could have been the runner-up for knockout of the year. Right, so right. he's definitely one of those kind of live-by-the-sword, die-by-the-sword type of guys because he will just stand in the pocket and throw bombs. Um, you know, he's kind of – I've seen him, I should say, susceptible um, – <laughs> To, to taking a good counter punch as well and, and ending his night quick. So um, what I'm going to fall back on is kind of like what I talked about earlier with, with Taylor Hood is from the time we announced this card, Tyler Edwards has been all over this night. October 19th has been circled on his calendar since the day we, you know, and, and I'm going to say not for any particular reason, but when we were, you know, uh, initially talking about this card and throwing out names and possible matchups and things like that, you know, Tyler wasn't necessarily on the first round of names that, that we were listed. Um, but his persistence on what, you know, fighting this close to home meant to him, uh, you know, he got Tim's attention, you know, and it's like, okay, I can't deny this kid, you know, and I would say as of yesterday, I mean, the damn kid is probably, if he turns in the paper tickets that he says that he's, that he's sold, plus what I know he's sold online, I mean, we're talking about, you know, four grand probably close to for this kid. Um, and I just don't see him letting this opportunity uh, slip. Um, if it does, it's going to be because Lewis uh, grapples him, uh, you know, and um, – uh, keeps it on the ground and and nullifies Tyler's striking, but I just see I see Tyler Edwards just willing himself. Um, you know, all he's got to do is just uh, stuff a couple of those takedowns and keep it standing, and I think he's going to catch them. So I'm going with uh, with Nyquil to put somebody to sleep. 
Well, uh, you know, NyQuil comes from uh, Trousdale County, and I hear they get pretty rowdy in uh, Trousdale County. Yeah, so I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what that what that big crowd is going to have in store for us. Jeff Hobbs leads us off with Tyler NyQuil Edwards. We'll go to uh, Greg Hopkins next. I'm going to have to go. Well, let's 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 talk about this for a second. I've seen Tyler Edwards fight live, and uh, yeah. Boy's got a heavy hand. He's got two heavy hands. He's got knockout power. His name ain't Nyquil for no reason. But here's the deal. David Lewis is a very, very deceptive 0-3. And uh, just to mimic what what Jeff had said about him, yes, you never know which David Lewis is going to show up. But here's the thing. David Lewis hasn't fought and how long has it been? A year? going on a year and he's been wanting to get back in there pretty damn bad but he's been going through this and going through that he's been coaching guys he's been building his uh the, the high stand gym over there in dalton and uh uh like you know the fact that tyler edwards is uh selling four thousand in tickets and bringing that many people to the fight oh god that's a lot of people to lose in front of but uh Oh, just for that reason alone, you know, there's a little bit of extra push behind that. And I can tell you, I've been on the receiving end of uh, fighting somebody in their hometown uh, or close to it with uh, 4,000 tickets out. And I've been on the receiving end. And and, uh, people say it don't matter whether you're home or away. But let me tell you something. uh, It does. It makes a big, big difference whether you're at home with your your fans cheering for you or if you got the the bad juju on you, everybody's booing you. if uh, if David Lewis can uh, overcome that right there, then I think he uh, ends up wrestle fucking Tyler Edwards, and maybe you might uh, you might not see David go to sleep, but you might see uh, see him t- uh, see him tap Tyler Edwards out. So for that reason, I'm going to go with David Lewis. All right, Greg Hopkins goes with David Lewis. It'll be Billy Swanson here to break the tie. <laughs> wrestle fucking. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Um. Well. I'm right there with these guys, man. This is a hard one to pick. Like, uh, I like David Lewis, and I like uh, those North Georgia guys. Uh, I think uh, Joseph just lost to his brother, I think. Um, but, uh, I mean, they're, they're hard-headed guys who like to fight, too. But I've also witnessed Nyquil in the action, and that man hits really hard for his weight. And he, he stays coming the whole the whole fight, which is – that's something that a lot of people don't do. A lot of people will kind of coast when they know they're winning and they put themselves more susceptible to getting, uh, you know, KO'd. And that Nyquil is the guy that's going to KO you if you if you kind of relax. So, uh, I mean, I'm just worried about, like, how how Lewis keeps his hands up in the third round, you know, when they're on their feet. Like, because that's when Nyquil is going to really have that chance to put to sleep. So, uh, I think uh, – I think I got to go with Knockle just because I've seen that man make people go stiff. So we got uh, two for Edwards and one for Lewis. Greg being the Lone Ranger on that one. Co-main event time, bantamweight action. It's going to be Anthony Superman Jones taking on Ronnie the Heat Lawrence. And uh, Anthony Jones coming out of law school MMA in Memphis, Tennessee. Trains under Brian the Law Hall. Uh, very athletic fellow. Uh, he's uh, he's fought as high as 145. Uh, but uh, he hasn't fought. Well, no, it's like he has fought recently. He fought on Attitude Show uh, in just uh, – 
about a year ago. So it's not been as long as I thought. Coming up on the year, Marky, uh, coming off a loss, though, a decision to Brandon Pemberton before that decision loss to Dennis Dumbrow and before that decision loss to Will Calhoun. So uh, three losses in a row. Wow, before that he fought Nate the Train Landwehr. So four losses in a row for Anthony Jones. However, if you look at that strength of competition there, he's fighting tough guys. He's not getting finished. He's going the distance. He's uh, He's been in there with some really tough guys and he trains with some really good guys uh, there with Brian the Law Hall and uh, the infamous AO, Amici uh, so a lot of those, uh, A lot of those guys uh, in the Memphis area are very tough uh, of course, Ronnie the Heat Lawrence is uh, man. And to me, this guy is one of the top prospects in the nation. He is really good. Five and one, training out of National MMA. Uh, now he is uh, coming off a win for LFA uh, for the Legacy Fighting Alliance back in May. He got a decision over the hometown guy, Garrett, Garrett Armfield. Uh, he's a Bellator vet, uh, Valor, former Valor champion. He's got some good wins under his belt, like very, very exciting, uh, exciting striker. Uh, man, he's got those all kinds of spinning kicks and just a, a very, uh, very, uh, very much a pleasure to watch fight. You're not going to see a boring Ronnie Lawrence fight. And I don't think you're going to see a boring fight here. Both these guys are going to bring it. Both of them want it. And uh, let's start things off with our first pick. It is uh, going to be Greg. Uh, I'm going to save some time here <clears throat> after Tim just let us know about uh, about Anthony Jones' background, and he's got a lot of close, a lot of close losses, uh, and a lot of close victories on it. So we know he's got a gas tank on him. And uh, with that being said, Ronnie Lawrence is just uh, he's been around the game long enough. He's been in lots of different kind of games. The uh, you know a higher higher caliber of competition. Not saying that uh, that. Um, Jones hasn't fought a high caliber competition because he has, but when he does, uh, he, he fails to get the W and he uh, he takes a close L. So uh, regardless or not, you're going to see a really close fight here. But with with the with the stats I'm looking at, and everything I got to go with Ronnie Lawrence. All right, Greg starts us off with Ronnie the Heat Lawrence, Billy Swanson. Oh uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, Ronnie as well. Um, I mean, it's all this whole fight's going to come down to if uh, Anthony's able to win the striking, but you know, with the backstory on uh, Ronnie here and how good his striking is, like uh, it sounds like Anthony's game plan is going to have to be come in, take him down, and uh, smother him on the ground and look for either a submission or ground and pound. So I'm, I'm going to go with Ronnie. All right. So uh, Billy also goes with Ronnie Lawrence. We'll round it out with Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I've uh, you know I've been around the block a long time and I've seen uh, Anthony Jones you know several times throughout his career and. And like you said, though, you know, he's obviously got his share of losses. Very, very game and very durable, um, very durable guy. Um, you know, I was, uh, the last fight I saw of him was the Landwehr fight in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, Nate's a guy who, who puts people away. And, uh, and he wasn't able to put Anthony Jones away. Anthony's a tough kid, man. Um but Ronnie Lawrence is just, he's unique, um, very crafty, uh, very unorthodox and unique strikings. I mean, he's the type of guy who's going to um, pull out a question mark kick. He's going to, uh, he, he uses the side kind of karate sidekick a lot to, uh, to keep distance. Um, I see this one probably going the distance, um, but just, you know, a unanimous decision for, for Ronnie Lawrence, um, just because I think his striking is just so precise. Um, 
that he's going to he's going to keep Jones away. He's going to keep him at a distance uh, and just just you know point him up uh, and and never really um, probably never leave any doubt uh, who the judges are, are leaning towards. So I'm going Ronnie Lawrence. Co-main event, all three panelists going for Ronnie Lawrence, the uh, hometown kid, the Heat. Main event, this is what you came for, guys, for the first ever Valor 155, uh, I'm sorry, VFC 155 uh, pro title. It's going to be, uh, man, two of, the, two of the top prospects in the in the whole Southeast, uh, 155 pounds. you got the undefeated David Ruthless Robbins coming in, 5-0, and uh, representing American Killer Bees. He's the head coach there in Cleveland, <clears throat> coming off of a win in his uh, last timeout against Adam Denton. And uh, he'll be taking on uh, the hometown guy, C4, Charlie Alexander, 5-2, and two, coming off of a couple wins himself. Uh, also with a win over Adam Denton, but that wasn't his last one. I think he had uh, another one after that. But uh, both these guys share a common opponent there. Both guys able to get the finish. And, uh, man, this, is, uh, this has been a long time coming. You know, we've talked uh, this fight up for over a year now. Both these guys want it. Both these guys uh, are hot for it. And both these guys are super confident. It's going to be uh, definitely one of those uh, clash of styles, I think. You know, I think uh, – I'm sorry, Charlie is very technical everywhere, uh, technical striking, uh, solid, compact, athletic, explosive. Uh, David's going to have the length advantage uh, a little bit longer, a little rangier. Uh, probably uh, the more pedigreed uh, jiu-jitsu uh, artist is a black belt. Uh, so it's going to be one of those, uh, and then Ronnie, I'm sorry, not Ronnie, why did I say Ronnie, uh, Charlie, uh, with, the, with the better wrestling, you know, so, uh, it's, it's one of those, uh, you know, styles make fights. It's going to be explosive. Both guys, uh, are super confident. They're going to get the win. They're both going to have big crowds there and somebody's going to take home that strap. Um, and, uh, the other is going to take a little step backwards, man, but whoever wins this one, it's a big quality win, and I think whoever wins this one has got a real good shot to be uh, on the big stage within, uh, you know, next five six months. Honestly, let's start things off. Uh, let's see who was our who who do we go first? It's Billy. Billy's up first. I don't think we have any. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's gonna be hard to figure out who Billy's gonna take. Yeah, you know, I got to go with my man Ruthless. Um, but I, you know, I will say Charlie is like you said, he's nice. He's compact. He's he's got some good quality wins. Uh, he's got some tough losses, but man, David's on fire. Like uh, you know, he, he he we've been working uh, striking from both stances. So like you know, he's comfortable in orthodox and southpaw. And then you know, they say his wrestling's not good. I mean, he's wrestled with me for five years. So like, I mean, you've got a three hundred pound bull coming at you shooting double legs. I mean, you're gonna learn how to defend them. But uh, I don't think Charlie's going to be able to smash him. I mean, like, I have a hard time when I'm rolling with David, like, trying to smash him and hold him still on the ground. So, like, I don't think Charlie's got that strength or that power to be able to do it. And then David's got reach on him. So it's going to be beautiful on the feet. I'd really like to see David get to open up because if David gets to open up on his feet, you're going to see him set C4 off. 
that is uh, that's what David said he was going to do. We we faced these guys off in the cage in Saudi, and uh, that's exactly what David said he planned to do. But uh, you know, Charlie's not. You know, it's, it's, as we've been saying you know, with all of uh, these guys, even regarding uh, you, Billy. You know, in Saudi, you know, you're just not gonna, you're just not gonna let that happen. You know, in Saudi, a lot could be said the same for Charlie here. He's defending his home turf here, so he's gonna have that motivation, I think, to, you know, not, not, uh, not give it away easy. Uh, let's go uh, to Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, man. Um... I mean, I think one of the things Charlie's banking on is that David um, has also learned his head movement from Big Sexy. Um, so, um, <laughs> look, man, here's the deal. Both of these guys are great I don't, guys. I hate because I can eat a fucking Thor's hammer. Hey, that, that thing's too damn big to be moving around, man, ain't it? Uh, I know it if, you, if you move it over, if you move it over too much to one side, you'll fall over, right? Uh, it's like the, the juggernaut. <laughs> Uh, Don't wonder why, why my look, head man. Is so big. Yeah, you got to hold it up, baby. Uh, <laughs> but man, back to this fight, man. Look, here's the thing: it this is a great fight. This is a great fight for Valor. Um, this is definitely main event worthy. Uh, no matter where this fight was at, uh, these two guys have been just like you said, kind of circling the wagons for a while. Um, you know, they'll talk about fighting. And then somebody will get a setback. You know, they'll talk about fighting, and then somebody will get another opportunity. You know, with another show or or another card or, or another opponent, and it's just never happened. And it's finally just lined up. Thank God for Valor uh, to where uh, everything lined up. You know, with the city, with the opportunity, with the availability of, of both fighters, that we were finally able to make this happen. It would be silly to sit here um, and try to break this down in a technical way. Um, I think at this point, all of us on this panel are fans of both or one. It, it doesn't matter, and it's just going to come down to picking who's your boy and who you're rooting for. Uh, David's got Billy. I'm going with Charlie. Uh, I live here. That's my local guy that I've known forever. But both are great guys. Whoever walks out of the cage with a win – earned it deserves it um and i'm pretty sure regardless of who comes out on the other end of it uh they're going to give props to the other guy uh for for getting it done so uh we're all winners when it comes to this but at this point we're just we're just fans picking who we want to win i'm going c4 so all for right your main event you got uh valor 64 main event jeff hobbs going for charlie alexander Greg Hopkins for David Robbins and Billy Swanson for David Robbins. Greg, Greg, Greg hadn't picked. Oh shit! It's one to one. It's one to one going into going to Greg now. <laughs> Spoiler delete, alert, motherfucker! I already, I already know who Greg's gonna pick, but you can do it. Well, that. true. Well, let me give my spiel because first time I ever done this podcast, Charlie Alexander was on, and he's a super cool guy, super nice guy. He's awesome, and uh, I'll tell you what. And when I got to see him fight against Jordan Weeks, one of the most exciting fights I've ever seen, and I hate it didn't go his way because, like we've already established, that we love both of these guys here at Valor, and we want to see both of them win here, and we want to see both of them go to the next level and do great things and come back and say, "Hey, I started here in Valor." So, but here's the thing you're only going to have one winner. And people watch Valor, like Jeff has said before. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Billy knows this. He's been around a long time. I've been around a long time. And we all know that the last guy that won the 155 title is now in the UFC and just fought last week in Tampa Bay at Lewis Pena. Fought uh, Kobe Wall down at um, 
uh, in Roman, Georgia, a few years cool. back, I was actually the uh, the opening fight on there with Justin Abner, and it was so cool getting to see Pena win that title, and it's going to be so cool getting to see David uh, David Robbins win on that title this weekend. And uh, no disrespect towards Charlie Alexander, but uh, you guys have been dancing around this fight and this fire for a long time, and uh, Charlie had mentioned David's name. It was coming out of his mouth, and then David, after his first or second fight, he called out Charlie, and Charlie said, get you another win. Uh, David's gotten two or three since then. David hasn't seen the uh, seen the final bell yet, and um, he's got five finishes, right? So uh, Charlie, Char- Charlie's no slouch, man. So this is a this is really a treat for Valor. We don't get fights this great this often, and not just in Valor. And that's I'm saying that around the whole country. This is a UFC caliber fight. Both of these guys deserve to be on the next level. And I foresee both of them being on the next level one day. And like Tim said himself, whoever wins this fight is going to get that extra push. Whoever loses it is going to get set back. But still, they're on the radar. So you don't want to miss this one. Be there live. All right. So for your main event, you got to get your tickets decision. now. <laughs> Jeff Hobbs going for Charlie Alexander, Greg Hopkins, Billy Swanson going for David Robbins. So just to recap, uh, first fight, we got all three panelists going for smith second fight uh we got hopkins or hobbs and uh greg going for uh guzman and billy going for frankie t third fight all three panelists unanimous for hood uh then we got torres all three panelists going for him then tungit all three panelists going for tungit uh seventh fight we got uh hobbs going for trowel uh, uh greg and billy going for Farrow. Um, eighth fight, we got Hobbs going for Odom and uh, Greg and Billy both going for for uh, Malone. Ninth fight, we got Hobbs going for Crib, Greg going for Crib, and Billy going for West on that one. Tenth fight, we got all three panelists going for Finnerty. Eleventh fight, we got Greg and Billy going for Austin with Hobbs being Lone Ranger on Maloney. Twelfth uh, fight, we got. Hobbs, Greg, and Billy all going for Lindsey. Uh, we got Hobbs, Greg going for Sergio in the 13th fight with Billy going for Ort. Uh, your 15th bout, we have Hobbs going for Edwards, Billy going for Edwards, and Greg f- going for Lewis. Your co-main event, all three panelists going for Lawrence. And your main event, Hobbs going for Alexander with Greg and Billy going for Robbins. All right, there you have it, guys. That is our picks panel preview for Valor 65. Once again, it all goes down this weekend from Nashville, Tennessee at the Fairgrounds Arena. Brand new, beautiful venue. Wonderfully air-conditioned. They've got booze. There's really no reason not to be there. Watch it live on Full Combat if you can't be there. but if you, you know, Like I said, there's no way to imitate uh, that energy of being there live and in person. And it's going to be uh, quite the scene this weekend in Nashville. We're expecting a pack house. So if you want tickets, you better get them now. Fighterticks.com. Choose your favorite fighter. Give them some credit. Give them some love. Uh, just make sure you check this out. Uh, next week, we'll get back here. We'll recap to get some reactions about what goes down uh, this weekend and uh, relive all the action, see how these picks shook out. Uh, till then, I'm going to uh, sign off, everyone. This is uh, this has been Tim Loy. Uh, for my co-host Justin Watson thanks so much to my panelists uh, Greg Hopkins and Jeff Hobbs Billy Swanson and uh, our interviews tonight as well Kylie and Bubba Cruz thanks to everyone uh, for the time if you're out there uh, listening make sure you give us a like give us a share on whatever platform
platform you are uh, listening on. Let's keep spreading the love. Uh, till next week, I'm Tim Lloyd, Valor Hour. We're out. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles and DJ Eakin, news and political pundits like Vincent Hill, and independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.